I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Kromos, and welcome to The Back Peg, episode 17. And we're just doing it up late this week, Nathan. Yeah, no guests this week, Laz. It's been a good few weeks in a row. We've had some uh, interesting guests on, and appreciate all the feedback we've had in recent weeks in terms of the Harbour of Football stuff and the Mal chat last week as well. I greatly appreciate all the feedback from the backpackers, and uh, it's just you and I. That's so, it. Uh, there's so much to get into, though. That's and it. There's plenty of stuff that catches the eye. Very much so. Very much so. So where should we start? Nathan, where should we start? What do you feel today? <laughs> no, we're not starting with Johnny. <laughs> it, might, it might be coming off a bit later, but we're not starting with Johnny Petito on FIFA. Let's no. start domestic. Let's okay. talk Gaelic Women's, the grand yes. final on Sunday. Yeah, congratulations to Sydney FC. Very much so. And yes, we can talk about the grand final decision that mm. maybe they had a little bit of an advantage that they wouldn't have had under a, the previous seasons. But look, 4 0, you can't really argue that West United deserve to be champions. You can't argue that whatsoever. So, Congratulations to Sydney FC uh, for those who attended and yep. it seemed like they had a decent day out and the weather was pretty good. Was yes, some, it was. The forecast was that it was going to be uh, pissing down with rain. Thankfully, mm-hmm. thankfully it was pretty good mm. on the day and yeah, well done to Sydney FC. And uh, interesting, look, though, that the uh, the couple, the first goal and the second goal were carbon copies of each other. Yeah, they were. They were. And we should say commiserations to Western United. Congratulations on the season that they had. They... Uh, you know, they had a great season. So, uh, yes, but our commiserations to them and to Mal, which uh, we communicated with. So he's uh, off for a well-end break just for a little while. But, um, yes, no, Sydney FC too good. And you're right, goal one and goal two, definitely carbon <laughs> copies of each other. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look, um, you know, they obviously learnt the lessons uh, from the previous meeting uh, a couple of weeks beforehand, Sydney FC, and uh, look, it was their time, you know. Uh, they've been to the dance in the last three years before and not come away with anything So uh, in a row. So to make it fourth, you know, the fourth year in a row and to come away with it, um, you know, well-earned, well-earned. They definitely uh, were up for it. Absolutely, and I saw some shouts that uh, Ante Juric should be the next Socceroos manager. Mm. Um, I would actually like to uh, position like Yurich to uh, to take on the Matildas after Tony G and his mixtape, um, as you would call him yeah, after we say yes. after we refer to him as Tony <laughs> G. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I mean, Ante's you know coached uh, senior men's teams um, and obviously uh, the senior FC coach, and yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think, well. Let's just wait and see with regards to what Ante does moving forward, um, you know, as far as Sydney FC are concerned. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see what will happen with the Sydney FC men's side and that um, and how that plays out, especially after the uh, the elimination Sydney derby for the first time in the uh, postseason, uh, you know, the Sydney derby. Yeah, and... Unfortunately, well, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, the Cove won't be in attendance. They've confirmed they're boycotting the event this weekend, and the Western Sydney Wanderer supporters in the RVB have said that they're going to be in attendance because, hey, why not? It's you, You've had a good season, and 
it's it's the final series, so it's their choice, I suppose. It'd be nice to see if there was a bit more of a united front with the supporters. If uh, the decision for the grand final location is to be uh, really met with some backlash, but hey, each their own. And look, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. This, what part don't get, Les? As far as the Cove or the active support for Sydney FC not wanting to attend the whole final series, not like should Sydney FC advance on the weekend, you know, basically they've uh, stated that they're not going to uh, to go to any finals game should Sydney FC ever make the grand final. I don't understand that. I really don't, um, especially considering that the finals are like all, you know, the grand final and this final are in Sydney. I, I, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. They've tried to go for a harder uh, response, haven't they? Instead of just boycotting the final, taking the chance that they might not be able to boycott because Sydney FC don't make the final. They've taken upon themselves to boycott all finals games and make their voice heard. And I understand where you're coming from because this game would, would always have been a Parramatta. There's no decision exactly. made here. But... It's inconsequential. You know, you're, you're basically depriving your team the club that you say that you support, active support, which you were offered to go and you know take up, and you're just going to sit on your ass. I'm sorry. That's basically you're going to sit on your ass at home or in a pub on the other side of Sydney whilst your team that you're purporting to support are going to be facing their most bitter rival. Because let's face it, I think Western Sydney Wanderers are Sydney FC's most bitter rival as compared to Melbourne Victory. Yes, that's the big blue, and yes, there's a Sydney-Melbourne storyline there. But the fact of the matter is is that you know Sydney FC's bitter rivals are Western Sydney Wanderers and vice versa. That's the derby of the A-League, in my mind. Yeah, it is. And of course, there's always going to be the big blue, but the Sydney derby is the big game now for those two sides. There's nothing else that comes close. And I see it both ways. I do see it both ways. I can understand why they've boycotted the entire final series. They want to send that extra message. I understand that perspective. Great. But I I do also see it from your side as well, Laz, that this game was always going to be a Parramatta. Of course. So like, what is the purpose of taking the so-called moral high ground here? The moral high ground doesn't exist anymore because you had, like we've said before, you had the dickheads in Melbourne, right? I hate to swear and cuss, right? But you had... The dickheads in Melbourne do what they did. You lost all, you know, all active supporters, unfortunately, lost credibility, right? For that one group, yes, we say that they're a small bunch. I understand that. I understand everyone's frustration. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of the of the grand final decision at all, right? However, the fact of the matter is, is that we're in this position, right? Um, and whatever differing opinion that you, that could have been presented on behalf of all active supporter groups, right, was blown out of the water because those guys in Melbourne decided to do what they did. End of conversation, right? There's no leg to stand on. So now if you want to claim some moral high ground, Cove, well, good luck to you. And look, you know, I mean, I don't have anything against the Cove, I, you know, I enjoy, I've enjoyed, you know, the atmosphere and, and the noise and, and the chance that they bring to the Sydney FC game. But I'm sorry, you're wrong on this. I've, you know, they're, they're wrong. There is no justification for this decision for them, in my mind anyway. 
and and they can sit here and and you know we can have them on the on the pod and they can tell us exactly why they think that and let's argue it. But mm. there is no valid reason for this instance here for them to do to take the stand that they have. Grand final maybe a different story, but you know what? That's the, that's the APL's baby to worry about, right? This one here, when it's two Sydney sides, and I'd be saying exactly the same for MacArthur, but come on, like. <laughs> Arthur are nowhere. <laughs> well, well, yes, okay, that's, you know. But the fact of the matter is... is down the pub. That's right. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that this is the first Sydney Derby playoff, right? And you're going to just do that for the team that you support? Uh, okay, well, you know what? Take your active support and do something else with it because it's of no use to uh, the club that you're saying that you're supporting at the moment. Les, do you think it might also be the case that there's a little bit of lack of belief in the Cove that they're actually going to make the grand final and they won't oh, be able to boycott. Stop being so cynical. Because, look. <laughs> stop being so cynical. West Sydney well, are going to be favourites on Saturday night. Yeah, but okay. After the 4-0 drubbing, right, um, that the wonder is handed out, Do you, don't you think that CDFC have kind of turned a corner? Yeah, they have, sure. Okay. But they've got to get through Western Sydney. Yep. And they've got to get through either Melbourne City well, it probably would be Melbourne City. Yep. And then they go into the grand final. I don't mm-hmm. think they can win both the games. Sure. But so, why, not give, why not support your side to every opportunity that you can? It does. It's, what, what, what we're coming to, Les, is that it's a case that taking the chance to protest because you might not get a chance later on. Come on, man. Protest on your no way. No matter the consequences. No, sorry. Yeah. Protest on your way to the ground. Protest on your way to the ground. Or if it was a Western City Wanderers home game, right, it's not a APL finals. Right, okay, you'd be impacting upon Western Sydney Wanderers, right? But like, protest on your way to the ground doesn't, you know, you're supposed to be supporting. Okay, they're saying, okay, we're not going to be supporting the APL by refusing to buy tickets. Well, good luck to you, right? It just means that there's going to be more black and red in the stadium than what there is going to be blue. It's that simple, right? So good luck to you. You've created the perfect atmosphere for for your team to try and perform in. I'm saying that sarcastically, right? <laughs> And, you know, and uh, all the power to, to the Wanderers, right? And I'm not a Wanderers supporter, you know, I mean, I've, you know, follow Sydney FC more so than the Wanderers. But the fact is, is that, you know, um, you're choosing this hill to die on when the issue was already dead. The issue no longer exists. Does that give them license then, Laz, to just suck it up and not worry? They don't care about the decision anymore because some people in Melbourne pull the rug up from under them in terms of their credibility? Does that mean they have this to go to the game and enjoy for, it? For this season, yes. For this season, yes. And look, I'm I'm happy to have the debate, and I'm sure you are, happy to ha- have, you know, have the debate with active supporters with regards to this and get them on the pod. And if they want to contact us, yeah, let's do it, right? Because, but the fact of the matter is, is that in this instance here, and this is what I'm talking about, this particular weekend, this particular game, it doesn't, you know, it has a detrimental effect on the actual club. They're professionals. It's it's not going to phase them. Would they rather have their supporters there? Yes. But what you're actually doing is you're really damaging the relationship to a degree between yourself, your supporter group, and the club itself in this instance. So why should the club actually bend over backwards to try and help you out if you're not going to actually help them out at this time? This time. Yeah, it's a fair point. Right. And I'd, I'd also throw in there that it's, at the end of the day, it's consumer choice. Sure, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be forced to go to the game if they don't want to go. They can vote with their wallets, and 
I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of tickets sold for the game anyway, Cove and, or no Cove. And I'm sure there will be a lot of Sydney FC supporters there that aren't affiliated with the Coves to go, right? I'm sure that's going to be the case. But, you know, anyway, it, it really is inconsequential as far as the, the uh, game is concerned, I think. Um, it should be a cracking game. I mean, and, and this is what we should be talking about, not the Cove not going to the game. Seriously, we should be talking the fact that it's a Sydney derby. And years ago, this would have been played at Stadium Australia, and it's not. And that's an indictment yep. on where, where the uh, league is as far as from an administration point of view rather than anything else. Because we should be filling out, right? We should be filling out Stadium Australia, right? And Yeah, because and, I remember there was 60K to Stadium correct. Australia so years ago. A hundred percent. So now, why shouldn't there be 70,000 70, at this game, right? Yeah, there should be. The thing is, who do you lay, lay the blame for that? APL, who, who, that, look, that, quite rightly, APL, Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers. It's all three parties. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Right, because, because the, ever the since me, Western Sydney moved mm, back into Parramatta, maybe mm, even slightly before, mm, the, the club just hasn't felt the same. Mm-hmm. Has not felt the same. Maybe mm. it's to do with the takeover. Yeah, correct. Maybe it's to do with the ownership and uh, sorry, those upstairs. Correct. There's a whole host of factors at play, but as yeah. to why West City are not the same club they were pre Parramatta rebuild. But yeah, there's so many um, parties at fault for why the A League is in the position it is. Maybe it's turned a corner, but okay. And and Nathan, the other thing is the MPL doesn't do or football New South Wales, right? And I know it sounds like I'm having a shot at everyone, and I don't mean <laughs> to be, right? But the fact yes, is, yes, you do. Well, okay. <laughs> let's think about no, no. Let's think about it in a you you know football first manner, right? Why should MPL games be played this Saturday night? You're right. You're <laughs> right. There should be no MPL New South Wales games on Saturday night. Absolutely, none whatsoever. Put them on Sunday. I'm sure there would be. There is a game on Sunday. I'm sure there is. There are games on Sunday, right? But put them on Friday. Yeah. Put them, like Friday night, as if they're not going to play Friday night. There's one mm-hmm. game, you know, sprint, like do it. I don't care how you do it. This, like when you have a situation like this, show agility, show nimbleness, show a bit of actually leadership and go, you know what, guys, get your, get your asses to the, uh, to the game on Saturday, right? Because this is the top tier competition in Australia, this is uh, this should be an event, and it's not. And as MPL won New South Wales players, a lot of them will be striving to play for one of these two teams. Mm. For some, yeah. for a lot of those players, yeah. they'll be trying to to win a spot. And maybe you should go even one step further. Maybe they should be given tickets to this game. Correct. MPL two, MPL three should like Saturday night. This Saturday night should not be happening. Right. Reschedule it. Do it as a catch up game. I don't care what you mm. do. This is an event. It should be an event. It should be at Stadium Australia. It should be uh, like the football family in Sydney, in Sydney should actually be going to this game and talking about it and saying, and can you believe this? Like this is the first time in how long both clubs have existed, right, that they're actually playing in a playoff against one another and there's absolute nothing about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not, and don't expect any favours from the media because the media don't don't want to cover this game. Right, they couldn't care less. They were more so, yeah. But you know, they jumped on the fact that unfortunately a referee got the you know assaulted, right? And the courts will deal with that. But that was what they actually jumped on, rather than hey, you know, you had the A League Grand Final and and nearly ten thousand people actually attending that. You know, a 
you know, a, a record crowd for a domestic women's game. I mean, you a know. ref getting assaulted in park footy is newsworthy. Sure, I'm not saying but that so is not. But so is the but, uh, women's final, so is the game on Saturday night. Correct, 100%. Thank you. And that's what my point is there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, our thoughts, yeah. and our thoughts in prison with, with that poor referee because that's, you know, that was yeah, t- a terrible incident, right? And and I'm glad to see that actually uh, the Canterbury Football Association are doing a guard of honour for referees this weekend as a, you know, as a gesture, to, like as something to actually show how referees should be appreciated. Whatever they do won't be enough, but it's, it's never great enough. To see them but at least that's something. That's yeah. something to actually show. Hey, you know, we value your 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 um, you know, that their contribution to the game is valued. Now, There's a know, nice segue here, lads, to um, Liverpool, Tottenham, <laughs> and Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> oh, do we really? There have is- to- Okay. There is a segue here. I, I didn't want to talk about Tottenham this week, <laughs> right? No, I don't particularly want to talk about Spurs either. You know, but um, let's go for it. Go. I want to talk about Jurgen Klopp. All right. Why? And his vendetta against Paul Tierney. I know you're anti-Liverpool, right? Do you think Jurgen Klopp has dartboard set up in his house with like Paul Tierney on there and he's just... No, nah, I, I think he's been caught out here. I think Jurgen Klopp's been caught out here. And if they re- yeah, and that too. <laughs> but if if they release the audio, and uh, the only thing that I can think of is that he actually misunderstood what Tini said to him when he booked him. Mm. I think that's the only thing. And if not, that's the ready-made excuse for it, right? If they ever release the audio, whatever it is. No, I mean I haven't heard it. Nobody's heard it. I, I you know, but basically, you know, the Premier League's uh, cleared the referee of uh, any um, wrongdoing and are standing by them. So. Uh, but I noticed that he's been, you know, just to calm the waters, he's been, uh, Tini's been pushed to fourth uh, official duties and VAR duties for the next week or so. But um, Klopp, and look, Klopp gets away with this BS because, uh, you know, hey, I pulled, you know, I shouldn't have done what I did, but he's got something against us. But I pulled my hammy, so that makes it okay. <laughs> Fuck off. Seriously. Mate, yep. honestly, like, you know, uh, now you made me swear again. And I shouldn't, right? <laughs> well, I, I actually swore, and it's not your fault, it's my fault. But <laughs> I didn't even need the stick. <laughs> no, but Klopp, like, but seriously, Klopp, you know, who are you trying who, who, you know, stop trying to pull the wool over our eyes, right? There's you a bit of get, theme here, Laz. You want to get wanna, a, you know, yeah, go on. Sorry. I want to pick this up because yeah. I want to, look, maybe it's a bit of a tenuous link. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe it's a pretty strong link is where I'm going with it. Okay. But Robertson and Hasidaki. Yes. Klopp and Paul Tierney. Yep. Liverpool. There's no mm. respect for the referees. And yes, it's around the game and everywhere, but this is two incidents mm-hmm. so close to each other mm-hmm. of a Liverpool employee mm-hmm. clashing with a PGMOL official. Mm-hmm. Surely something more than a fine should be applied here. And for Jurgen sure. Klopp, but it should, but it's when not you just fire $50,000, whatever it is, that's nowhere near an appropriate punishment. Nathan Merson, it's just Liverpool. It's not Liverpool. Just but they have your... two incidents from Liverpool so close to each other. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, there, there's obviously an issue there, and Klopp needs to pull his head in, and as a result, pull you know, um, pull rank over his players as well, right? Um, but Robbo is a uh, a whiner and a complainer, and so is Klopp, right? Look, I'm sure Klopp's a lovely guy away from the game, and you know, you'd love to have a beer with him, and that's right. But don't try and now after a while you kind of read this pattern of behavior. You go, you know what? 
you do this stuff at the you say, but it's passion. Oh, but it's the emotion of the game. We've all been there. We all do it. We're not perfect. He's not perfect, right? But it doesn't make it okay, right? It doesn't make it okay. And it's not the first time that Klopp's done it, right? It isn't the first time he's done it. So, mate, at what point are you going to learn your lesson and just to go, you know what? Um, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to say anything about the referees. I'll express my thoughts with them privately, if that's the case, and away from the camera. I'm not going to have a go with them. Like, you know, I can, you can, there's other ways to actually make your feelings known about it rather than actually go and accuse the guy of saying that he's biased against you, which, look, I thought it, when I heard it, I'll go, nah, he's not saying that they're biased. Like, maybe there's just, an, you know, some kind of, communication breakdown or something right just their personalities might not get on i don't know but essentially listening back to it he's actually claimed that that poor team he's got a problem against liverpool and that's bias now it is you would know hang on you would know about bias though you would know oh would i yeah howard webb oh yeah here we go I just had to throw that in there, right? Yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. Of course yeah. you did. Nobody, look, nobody played Fergie time better than Howard Webb. Now, <laughs> if Paul Tini was quite unquote biased against Liverpool, yeah. and he was out to get him, yeah. why didn't he send Jota off? Yeah, and look, that, and that's the and look, referees Such again, make easy refer, yeah, referees, yeah, referees make mistakes, and he, and they made a mistake. What amplifies the mistake is that VAR. <laughs> should have reviewed that, and that is the issue there. That is the issue there. And but we've said that, you know, and I don't you know, you know what my fundamental thing is with referees. We need them, right? And we need to show respect to them and we need to talk to them better. And there needs to be a communication to A Street. But VAR does not help the game. So just get rid of no, it. No, get rid of it. Just get, get rid, of, rid it. of it. We're on the same page for that. Uh, just get rid of it. Right? Because because right now. What's going to happen is, and, you know, I'm going to say this, that the VAR for that, if Tini's being stood down, the VAR should be stood down because that was a red card when the guy puts his, and I agree with Ryan Mason, right? It does sound like sour grapes, but this is a point in case where that person, that player should not be on the field because of that, and he scores the winning goal. Mm-hmm. Forget Spurs, uh, you know, Spurs inadequacy with regards to being able to see out the result. I mean, copying a goal, right? That's Spurs' fault. But, <laughs> I mean, it's laughable, yes. Right? I mean, no. it wouldn't happen to any other club. Well, it's the most Spursy <laughs> thing, right? But, and, and we said we weren't going to get onto Spurs so much. And I know, yeah, I know, you know but, uh, yeah, but look, and I do want to talk about, and I know you want to talk about, well, I suspect you want to talk about another EPL club. I want to talk about another EPL club. But, like I said, we you know we've said before we're cognizant of not being uh, a EPL show. But, Laz, I did a know. little thinking before we came on to tonight's call for the recording, thinking, all right, there's enough stuff in the there week. is there's so much in the world of football this past week. There's we don't heaps. need to talk about Premier League for half an hour, but this this up we're going could... to end up talking for Premier League <laughs> for right. a long time because this up late could go for one and a half to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Strap yourselves in <laughs> because. Look, I mean, shouldn't that guy, shouldn't, like, there should be an apology to Spurs for that if you're going off other um, off other uh, PGMOL instances. See, the thing is, yes, Jota should have been sent off for the high boot on Ollie Skip, but he shouldn't have been on the pitch either at that time. He yeah, should have been sent off earlier yeah, in the game. Yeah, okay, so, you know, so are we happy so, with the, it evens each other out in this case or not? No, oh, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, come on. 
But this goes yeah. back to an earlier conversation we had about the Premier League that they should mm. be giving out more cards. Because oh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, yeah. you brought yes. up the the, diff- the card difference between La Liga and the Prem, and it's it's the case that the Premier League doesn't dish out enough bookings and Reds. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they don't. If it's a card, book them for goodness' sake. Yes. Protect yeah. the players and protect the mm-hmm. you know, and you know, uphold the the laws of the game. Now, but in the meantime, get rid of VAR because it is of no unit, especially for offsides. I mean, honestly, right? In the World Cup, it works It works perfectly. In Semi-automated. Yeah. The robots and, did it. That's yeah, why. Yeah, well, hey, you know, but this here, I just, the Premier League's execution, and Scotland has been an issue as well, I've, I've noticed as well with regards to that, right, and the implementation that they're, they're crying there's so much noise coming out of Scotland with regard to VAR. They, they, but somehow they just got it. Yeah, and they might just scrap it all together. They might just go, you know, F this. This is mm. not happening, right? Because I saw uh, Swedish football. Mm. They were tossing up whether to introduce VAR or not. Yeah. And they've said, no, nah, don't want it. That was no. in the last couple of months or so. You know what? I'm happy to accept, right? I'm happy to accept technology assisting referees, right, with regards to goal and technology and some elements of VAR, when it comes to offsides, right? And it, it really, it, like the English game, in particular the Premier League with regard to VAR, leaves a lot to be desired. I'm sorry. Uh, we do a better job in Australia. Yeah. With less. <laughs> it, it's yeah. true. It's true. Yep. And same, right. in, same in the United States with MLS. They do a better job with less. It's that simple. So, you know. I think you find most leagues on the continent as well do a better job than the Premier League. When it comes to VAR, but yeah, this, this is something that's just going to be ongoing, and I don't see a scenario where the Premier League rips up VAR altogether. I think they're too. I'm hesitant to say the word egotistical, but I might. No, no, that's to say word. that they admitted a mistake and go back on our word, and mm. the last three seasons were hamstrung by VAR, and we don't, we uh, admit that we shouldn't have done it in the first place. I don't think we ever see that scenario play out. So yeah, I think we're stuck with it. Okay. Shall we move on? Unfortunately, but yes, we shall move on. Mm. And uh, where do you want to bring talk up? about? I want to talk about. Ah, uh, oh, oh, we're staying with the prem. All right, we can stay with the prem. Ooh, Leeds. Really? Yes, I want to nah. talk about the Leeds players. Okay, this video that's gone around this week. Yeah, where there's lots of people there. Yeah, kids wanting pictures, wanting signings, and these Leeds players are just not having a bar of it. Okay, when was the video taken? The day of or the day after? Oh, look, there was a similar video with Arsenal and, you know, yes, I understand that these guys are in the zone and or they may be disappointed or whatever the case is. Is it too much to ask to actually acknowledge people? No, it's not. But I'd like to know a bit more context around what the situation was. They're at a public place. They should be expected that there's going to be people no, there 100%. recognise them and sure. want autographs Acknowledge and pictures. Them. Say good day. Mm. Don't just have your headphones on, head down. But even just wave and mouth good day. Mm. Like, you don't even need to say. You can actually say, oh, hi. You know, like, you do the, you know, just do something. Acknowledge their existence. For goodness <laughs> sakes. Like, uh, you know, go and sign. Go that, that's and sign, a great phrase. No, but go and sign a bloody autograph, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Does, is yep. You don't even need to, you know, just do a scribble. Do something. These people yep. have gone out of their way to actually greet you. Like, and yes, there'll be some people you. there are looking to uh, sure. get something signed so they can vlog it. But sure, but the kid, the kids aren't. Is it that? Is it that hard to yeah. actually just do that? 
You said off air that you wanted to argue about this last, but no, no, it's not necessarily arguing. Like I I thought, I just want to highlight. Yes, there's like there's context around everything, right? So I'd like to know a bit more of the context before we tee off on it. But that's all. I've I've, I've taken my 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 pitching wedge and I'm ready to chip it. Chip on the green. But that's all I'm saying. Like let's find Mm. out a little bit more about what the circumstances are around that. But um, in the meantime. Is it really that hard to acknowledge some of them? Mm, yep. Obviously it is. But anyway, go, go for move on. No, I was going to say, go for yourself. Like, go for the drive. Don't just go to the pitching wedge. If you want to drive, just hit, <laughs> get the driver out and just go for it. Oh, jeez. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I'm more interested. Well, I'm more interested in what Allardyce had to say, saying that he's up there with Pep and Klopp and, <laughs> um, and Ancelotti and Jose and uh, he's coming for the Madrid job in the and, summer, and Maurizio and Carlo, and um, you know, uh, Marcelo, and uh, anyone else that you can think of. I'm very much looking forward to uh, Manchester City nil, Leeds one, and an XG of like five to 0.01. Okay, you know how I think XG's a wank, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the story Stoke versus Coventry. Mm-hmm. Okay, Coventry win uh, the game with twenty with nineteen percent possession, right? An XG of point zero five or something like that, or point one. Yeah, I don't really get into it. But Stoke had eighty percent of the possession and expected goal zero. Mm-hmm. How does that work? And geez, I'm okay. so thankful that I didn't watch that game because that would have been boring <laughs> as batshit. Stoke on a Tuesday night. You know what? You can have it. <laughs> I mean, clearly, if the XG was zero with eighty percent possession, they just passed around and no one took a shot. That's, I mean, it's a wank, right? But they, that just goes to show that your XG thing goes out of the water anyway. So tell me why we should base games or our consumption of the game or our love of the game based on XG? Try and convince me, Nathan. No, 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 no. No, that's a loaded question, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> had to ask it. But yeah, look, I mean, you know. Look, XG it, is a tool. It's it a tool. It just and like every other statistical model for football is a tool. I just think there's too much put on it currently. Look, it's better than shots. It's better than shots on target. And it's out of those three statistics, XG is the closest to determining whether you should have one or not, quote unquote. But no, but I can look at a game and go, look, shots and shots on target and saves made by the goalkeeper is something because. You can have more shots on it. I actually think it's a bit disrespectful of the goalkeepers in a way because you can have more shots on target, but the goalkeeper is actually having an absolute blinder and actually earns you the three points or the one point, right? Uh, so that diminishes the role of the goalkeeper and if you're not actually taking saves made, you know. Well, look, that's part, of was... the, that's part of the story of the game, right? It is. And look, XG doesn't account for the positioning of the goalkeeper. Mm. If you take a shot, on the edge of the box. If you're on the counter-attack and everyone's gone up for the corner, it's an open goal, Mm. right? If you take a shot from the edge of the box and there's no one within Kui, including the goalkeeper, Mm -hmm. that has the same amount of expected goals Mm. as a crowded penalty box in the first minute of the game. So you're assuming that Larice is keeping? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or or Dibu. Uh, That was the most recent one that he went up for the the Villa Arsenal game. (laughs) Um, But look, XG is a tool. And... Compare that to uh, expected goals conceded when it comes to keepers and save percentage. You can sure. get into some statistics that give mm. the goalkeeper some credit. 
anyone who looks at XG says, oh, they had 1.7 and they had 0.6, so the first team deserved to win the game. That That's not what it's for, and yeah, reading I, that I, much into it is, yeah. is, uh, is misconstrued. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that, oh, well, sorry. I think there is a lot of weight put on it, I should say, by people observing the game and going, oh, he, they had an XG of this and they had an XG of that. I, yeah, I'm yet to be convinced about how really critical it is compared to it. I'm sure there's some basis for it, and yes, but across the season, sure, it, it might be a good metric, but uh, I just don't think it actually tells the story of a whole game, like when you're looking at it in isolation, game by game. Over, oh, of course a, not. over a course of a season, yeah. different story, right? Because then you've got a 30-game season or whatever it is, and you can go, okay, well, this is what our average was over that period. Mm. That, okay, I can see some sense in that, right? But, then you can yeah. get into things like expected points and well, according to the model where you were duped out of, say, four points because yeah, sure. of, And the thing is, XG, yeah. part of it is also you can throw some criticism at the players as well, like are well, they a poor finisher, for instance? Possibly. But if a player also, racks up yeah. about three XG and doesn't score, mm. then it's, you're looking at a Raheem Sterling type character. Yeah, and and this is where again um, the nuances of the game are taken into consideration. That's why we love it, right? Because now you're saying, okay, well, Arsenal have unfortunately for Arsenal supporters, yeah, you've thrown it away, right? Because you know it doesn't matter how good your stats were, you guys drop points against Liverpool, you could have lived with that. But you drop points against West Ham and Southampton, and that's cost you the title. I and I've just pulled it up. Mm. If you just pulled it up, uh, I'm having a look at the Premier League expected points mm-hmm. to date. Yep. And Arsenal have got about 10 points more than they should have. Oh, wow. Okay. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Look, I think Arsenal have been, you know, really entertaining this season. Um, I would say Brighton have been, you know, have just. Sh- as far as the entertainment factor, I think Brighton have just shaded them. The most entertaining side I actually think has been Napoli all season. <laughs> They've been great to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and exactly. Exactly. yeah. So, look, Brighton's a good story. Napoli's a great story. Mm. We had one in the first part of the season with Uni on Berlin. Mm. Yes, maybe they could pull off the miracle. But I think they still might get Champions League though. Union Berlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if they do that. Dortmund have thrown it away again. <laughs> oh, God, that side, seriously. Laz, you said last week that you can't see a scenario where Bayern I, Munich win the league. I, I, th- I thought Bayern had done, but jeez, man. They, they, because I should have said, look, provided that Dortmund don't F up. And, oh, God, seriously, Dortmund, they have a knack of being able to throw, throw it away, don't they? They do. It's, it's, there for, yeah, it's there for them, and they just throw it away. They should know? have had a penalty. Mm. Yeah, they absolutely should have had a penalty. I don't know what's going on. Well, I, actually, last topic we gave mm. some credit to VAR on the continent. Mm. Scrap that, mm. Com- yeah. completely scrap that. Because did Germany. you see the challenge? Yeah, I did. But the bottom yeah, defender right. just slides in. You're right. You're right. Side on, nowhere near the yeah. ball. Mm. On pitch ref doesn't give it, and VR uh, doesn't give it either. Scrap but, VAR, man. Just get rid of it. Seriously, I'd rather talk about <laughs> the controversial decisions and not have VAR than this. Right, yep. maybe just give us goal-line technology and that's it. But seriously, like it's, uh, uh, you know, or adopt the Australian system. Uh, it, it, Australians get it right. Same with the Americans. But anyway, there you go. Don't ask, don't ask fans who uh, lost the game that Jared Gillett was refereeing re- any time recently if Australians get it right. But uh... <laughs> Look, they make mistakes, but by and large they do. Yeah. By and large they do, right? 
Uh, and look, by and large, yes, you might say statistically the, they get it right over in the UK, it, but it's just, no, sorry, and in Europe. But, uh, you know, I just think that the officiating just leaves a, a bit to be desired. And maybe if we heard a bit, part of me a bit more about them, it might be a little bit, um, you know, a little bit, we heard a bit more from them, I should say. That might be mm. going, you know, go a bit of the way to actually explain why you and I, and others can see what we see and then they make the decision or not make the decision that they do, right? It just doesn't stack up. So anyway, what Absolutely. do you do? Yeah, what, what do, you do, do you do? So, yeah. But um, but if we want to hear from officials, then that's on FIFA to allow that to happen because I remember a couple of years ago, we yeah. had referees mugs up down here yeah, and they wanted to put the audio over the broadcast feed yeah. and FIFA came down and said, no, nope, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Which they should be able to. We see it yeah, in every other should. sport. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I know. I don't want to go and get on FIFA yet, though. Not yet. No, hold your fire. Because <laughs> I actually want to talk about and and look, I just want to finish this on with regards to EPL and all that, right? Because um, once we leave, we're not coming back. <laughs> no, I, yeah, God, I hope not. Chelsea. <laughs> oh, geez, here we go. And Lampard. Well, I mean, not Lampard so much, but Todd Bowley. I feel sorry for Lampard. So do I. He, he, look, he was on a hiding to nothing, and unfortunately, he's going to end up with a even further tarnished managerial record this season. Uh, but yeah, he literally is on a hiding to nothing now. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Todd Bowley spoken over well recently in the last twenty four hours and said that we're going to figure it out, and there has been a lot learned after a disastrous season. I, I would sure hope so. <laughs> so, um, you reckon, Todd? Mm. Okay. So Funnily enough, it's Thomas Tugel who's keeping them in the league. Correct, correct. <laughs> but uh he seems to have uh mis- you know underestimated that um the supporters of Chelsea are quite demanding. I'll tell you what, lads, Chelsea getting some good draft picks for next season. <laughs> now you're just taking the piss, right? <laughs> uh now you're just taking the piss. That's something you would have said when the Glazers first took over. Yep. Right. Um so <laughs> No, but I mean, you know, I still have Fergie at the time, so yeah. glossed over what they were doing in the club. Yeah, so you know, it, it's yeah. So he's spoken with uh, Michael Milken of uh, the Milken Institute, and I heard these comments, or read these comments, and I th- and I thought to myself, no, nah. you know, especially after uh, Chelsea's defeat against Arsenal. So you know, basically, he's saying there's a market for top players for every country in the world, and each of one of these markets is different. You didn't know that before you bought the club. Um, you have to build a team, and obviously the coach is the conductor of the team. So I think there is a lot we have learned. And the fans are demanding. You know they want to win. So as opposed to the fans of the LA Dodgers and the LA Lakers, or, you know, the Chelsea fans are, are demanding. You didn't know that before you bought the club? By assumption, the Dodgers are just happy to get tonked every week. So, so yeah, that's right. So you, you know they want to win, and we get that. We want to win. So you... You know, I think our view though was this is a long term project. That's why you sacked um, uh, oh, your, long, your long term manager or the boy your long term manager, Potter. that Graham Potter. I knew it was Graham. I just couldn't think of the surname for a second. So that's didn't why, even you know, give him a preseason. No, exactly right. Long term project. Yeah. Piss off. And you know we're committed to the long term. We very much believe that we're going to figure it out. We've got the best league in the world. <laughs> no, no, no. Take that literally, Laz. And I think it's actually quite. Right. What's that? They're going to go and try and figure it out. 
They haven't we, got a clue what they're doing. They're making it up as they go along. This is an education purpose for them. It, it's a six hundred. Well, okay, so two and a half billion <laughs> pounds to acquire the club, six hundred billion uh, pounds spent. Yeah, it's an expensive education so far. Can you put We've, that on hex? <laughs> no, you can't. We've got the best league in the world. We've got what I think is the top city in the world. Well, okay. And we've got an unbelievable location in the top city in the world. Okay. All right. Just digest that for a second. This guy, mm. look, I'm very successful. No doubt about it. You know, shown his wares in, in other sports. Obviously, a multi with regards to, you know, and very capable businessman to actually pull all this together in the sports space. He has not got a clue. When you read, when you hear these things, and you read, he's this still comment, figuring it out. He well, that's <laughs> he hasn't got a clue. He hasn't <laughs> got a clue, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, it, it, it's staggering. It's mind boggling, and I feel it's sorry. like he's doing the Sunday crossword, lads, and he's I, I, stuck on twenty seven down. How to run a good football team? You need a director of hmm. Hmm, I don't you're, know. You're Pochettino. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm. You're Pochettino, and you just heard this guy speak, and he's trying to convince you to come. And you're looking at the shambles that they are, and you're looking at, and you think, shit, they've already spent six hundred million pounds. What's the budget? What am I allowed to spend? Because basically, what you've bought and what you've got is redundant. They bought the likes of Raheem Sterling in the summer. It's the second time he's got to mention on this show. It's not intentional, but the players they bought in the summer, or Bamiang as well. I don't have any of them worked out. There's summer signings for this season. Oh. There's not there's not many that come to mind. So no. a lot of those players are going to want to go. Like Obamang surely out the door. Correct. The players Correct. are signed in January. Mm. Marginally better in terms of actual like profile for signing. Yeah. Young up and coming players like Mudrick and Enzo and Madweke, Badishil. There's some good good players there. Good types of players you're signing for a top club like Chelsea who are. Let's be honest, desperate for success no matter who's in the dugout, no matter which players they sign. The Chelsea fans, since Abramovich, have been sport and want to win a trophy every single season, otherwise the manager's out the door. Yeah. It's just, I don't think a manager could ever work at Chelsea under, well, from what we've seen this season, and this season is the only data we have to go off, I don't think any manager can work at Chelsea under Todd Bowley. Particularly if he's inserting himself in dressing rooms, saying, oh, come on, guys, you need a win. Yeah. Uh, There's something bizarre going on there. Really, I've not seen anything like it. Because I get the sense now that, like with Watford, right? Mm. If you're a manager kicking about the championship and mm. you you want to make a, a quick buck, you go and take a Watford job. You'll be sacked inside four weeks, and then you get a massive payday. I think Chelsea are the Premier League Watford because you go there. You, clearly, he doesn't know what he's doing. You'll, you'll get you'll get sacked in six months. Yeah, and you get a hefty payday. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's easy for managers to fleece Chelsea now. Just like clubs are going to flee Chelsea for transfer fees. And they have. <laughs> they have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Look, if I'm Pochettino, yes, after his stints at PSG and just the, the length of time he's had out of a out of a club, he kind of needs his next appointment and his next gig to work out well for him. But look, go to Chelsea, be there for up to a season, probably less, head out the door and uh, you got some heavy pockets. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, you just know if Chelsea are 10th next season, around February, he's getting sacked. True. Very true. I think he is. Yeah. Like if he, you know, if that happens, for sure. Yeah. Who would take it on? Seriously. Like, I mean, mm. really. Yeah. It's just bizarre. 
really is bizarre. Anyway, so that's where we'll leave the uh, English chat, I think, for now. Mm. I think we'll just leave it there for now. I think we can uh, hop on the Eurostar, Laz, and head to Paris. All right, let's go to Paris. So I want to talk about Messi and PSG. Do you really? This is the other bit of drama that came up this week. I don't think there's anything to be said about that. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Maybe not. I mean, Messi going on his little adventure to Saudi Arabia, supposedly without the club's permission, and now PSG has suspended him for two weeks. Did you expect anything else? No. 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 And it's just, it's just credence that he's leaving at the end of the season. Going back to Barcelona by the look of things. Yeah, or MLS or Saudi Arabia. So he got a 300 something million dollar offer to go and play for one of the Saudi Arabian clubs. Yeah, I don't know if he'll do that though. Something tells me that he'll end up in MLS. Surely it's into Miami. It has he to does be. go there. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah, I've just got a feeling he's um, going to end up in, in, in MLS, I think. Look, the Saudi... Offer is obviously, um, you know, very enticing. We're going to have the new Al Clasico. The Al Clasico. <laughs> the Al Clasico, that's right. <laughs> the Al Clasico instead of uh, the El Clasico, that's for sure. <laughs> no, very true. Well, the thing is, Ronaldo might not be there because he wants out. He, he the, the reports are that Ronaldo wants to leave Saudi Arabia already. Mm. He's made his quick buck and uh, yeah. maybe on his way back to Europe or on... Some other magical mystery tool. Did you um, did you happen to see that uh, the Asian Champions League finals on at the moment? I did see that. Yes. There you go. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're actually watching it here in Australia. Not, yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Then we there needs to be something done about bolstering the the um, presence of the Asian Champions League here. Well, the problem is the clubs don't make any money by competing in it. That's the problem. Well, yeah, but that but that that's the crux of it. No, I know. If you increase we... the prize money, you increase the incentive for clubs to qualify for the Champions League. You increase the interest in it. Yeah, sure. But I, I think we need to be able to to actually watch it and know where to watch it. And mm. I think that's where the uh, the issue is at the moment, right? Uh, but there's not enough exposure to it, and we should be able to watch it. We are part of the AFC. So yep. why aren't we watching more Asian football? And this this is all talking yeah. about the Champions League. Yeah. This and is, for uh, and for those the that AFC don't, Cup yeah. is uh, the the little kid lost in the corner. Like that's right. But uh, but for those that don't know, it's uh, between uh, Al Hilal and Urawa Reds, and the first league was played in uh, in Saudi Arabia, and uh, the second leg is imminent. Um, I'll, I'll just need to check on the dates and that. But it's yeah. I mean, we should be should be able to have access to it, watch it, and see what the best two clubs in Asia are putting up. And shouldn't that be the benchmark that we're trying to find, you know, that we're trying to reach here in Australia? Or am I just yep. looking at this too simplistically? No, no, you're right. You're right. Look, yes, Western Sydney winning the Champions League was a, an absolute miracle, one that I don't think we're going to see a repeat of for many, many years to come, if ever. But that's not to say that every club competing in the Champions League Shouldn't go and strive to make something of it and make a deep run. Get out of the group at least, please. Look, I yeah. think Melbourne City can do it. I think they'll get out of the group when it rolls around again. Mm. They're well and truly good enough to do it. Maybe get past the first knockout round, but then it gets really tough. And you get clubs with even more money and way too many resources to to compare for Australian teams. And oh, that's when you'll come unstuck. Yeah. Yeah. But at least try and go and win it. I'll, 
Actually, I want to see one of the clubs in Australia make a deep run at the AFC Cup. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. The next I run. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Al Halal and Ural Reds won all first leg. Uh, second leg is actually on um, this Saturday, 7 o'clock our time. Oh, beauty. Right. It would be good to be able to stream that and be able to watch it after the Sydney Derby. But, you know, hey. You know, can't have them all. Can't have them all. But there you go. <laughs> Or to actually oh. watch it at a later date. I'd even be happy to watch it as a mini-match on Optus, you know. But anyway, that's just me. Should, well, we, move, should while, we move on? While we're on Continental Champions Leagues, mm-hmm. quick mention for the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. It's on at the moment. Yes, there you go. But the, the second semi-final, second leg was on this morning. Leon against Tigres. Yes. And um, I saw some highlights of it. After the fact, and it was looking pretty feisty at the end. Yes, was, uh, I know I missed I mean, something there. You would, you wouldn't be surprised that there was some fan trouble. No, especially and, being yes, uh, the Tigres goalkeeper uh, actually got cut by something thrown from the stands mm. uh, on his arm. There was a there was a graze. Yeah, and uh, there was some uh, some hot headed players at the end of the game, and uh, people getting uh, yellow cards and getting. Mm-hmm. Um, Elbowed and all sorts of things. Yep, uh-huh. I, I understand. It, it looked like a high yeah. drama match. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I understand. Leon have moved through, and they'll be facing LAFC. Indeed, indeed. Which will be another feisty game. Mm. Not well, I perhaps think LA, not, LAFC got them beat. Perhaps not as feisty against mm. uh, as against Tigres, but uh, yes, uh, I think LAFC will have them beat as well. Which is <laughs> <Just> quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes but um, no, i think the second leg is going to be in la yeah yeah that's right mm. so which is always an advantage yeah no, i agree agree but uh, speaking of uh continental championships and this is a great segue to this and i mm. am not sure if you've actually seen this Nathan. right I've, uh, but I've when, I actually, when i actually saw this i mm. thought you know what uh it doesn't surprise me it does not surprise me at all Barcelona will consider playing in the Asian Champions League. What? So you haven't seen this? No, I haven't seen this. No, I thought you were going to talk about something different. No, okay. Barcelona were going to, uh, considering competing in the Asian Champions League. Mm-hmm. So according to two reports, Barcelona will explore other competitions likely in Asia should they receive a ban from UEFA that stops them from competing in the Champions League. Are they restricted from doing so? I mean, <laughs> if... They are kicked out of the Champions League, the the European format, or the European version, I should say. Mm-hmm. Are they allowed to go and compete in the in the Asian Champions well, League or the, the, well, the African Champions League? They're investigating this because the because UEFA have started its own investigation into the alleged match interference charges that have been brought against the club by Spain's public prosecutor, Mesque Un Club. Yeah, good on you. Well done, Barcelona. <laughs> If anybody wants to, and look, yeah, I am going to Barcelona bash, and I'm, you guys know that I'm a Real Madrid supporter, and I'm I've never hidden it, right? But mm-hmm. this issue Barcelona brought upon itself, right, because of their own paranoia, right? <laughs> so, you know what? I hope that you can explore whatever options you want, right? You're entitled to explore any options that are open to you, but because you wait for ban- could potentially ban you doesn't mean that you just can go, you know what, Asia, how about we kind you know, you invite us to play. I mean, or we just make it appealing for you for us to play in your Champions League. What happens when 
and let's assume that Barcelona were to, to be invited to play in the Asian Champions League and they won it, what would, ha- what would that do to the <laughs> FIFA World Club Championship exactly? I think FIFA would sign off on that because they've got another European powerhouse with a massive following. <sighs> and it doesn't fill a European spot. And don't you think UEFA would be pissed? <laughs> They'd be so pissed. So, I can't help but laugh at that. It'd be hilarious. I'd like to know what they're smoking over in Barcelona. And because <laughs> this John, this John Laporta actually has, like, he had a successful first stint as president of the club. There's no doubt about that. But this second reign, my goodness, <laughs> what are you smoking there, son? <laughs> like, yeah. You've got to be on something. I'm sorry. So I'd love to see them compete in the African Champions League, go down to uh, what, oh. Casablanca and see the Dragon Ball Z Tifos. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You should illuminate everyone just in case they hadn't seen it. Oh, I mean. Because I'm not a Dragon really Balls. More. I'm not a Dragon yeah. Balls, you know. But it looked good. Um, I have to say that. It, it, I mean, I'm in the exact same boat, to be honest, Lars. I've got no idea about Dragon Ball. But, yeah. yes, it looked great. It looked it fantastic. Did. It did. It did. Um, uh, and, and we love a good TIFO. It's a shame that Sydney, you know, that this that the Cove won't be there to actually unveil a TIFO this was Saturday. Surely <laughs> the RBB. They uh, will have to do uh, something. Cooking, cooking up something along the lines and, and of where you know what? Up. You know what? And I hope they do. And they've got every right to. And if they take the piss out of the Cove, well, so be it. They should. They should. 100%. Uh, I did, although I did see, I think, the Swiss Cup final, I think it was. Where the pyrotechnics, uh, you know, they had a you know pyrotechnics from both ends, which um, yeah, it looked pretty good actually. I'll see if I can find it and put it on our uh, Insta page, but it was um, yeah, it was pretty good. So we love a good oh, you know good T-phone, uh, you know some pyrotechnics. So there you go. But, and um, uh, shout out to Luz as well for winning the uh, Coup de France. Mm-hmm. From the second tier of French football to Europe in three seasons. Incredible, well isn't done. It? Incredible. I was yeah. looking down the knockout because I, oh, hands up, I wasn't following the Coup de France to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen the PSG got knocked out early doors. Uh, okay, yep. And uh, I was wondering, where's Paris? Where's Marseille? Where's the other teams at the top of French football? Monaco, Lyon, but not Toulouse against uh, Mont, was it, in the final? Mm. Yes, and, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hats off to them. Maybe... Yeah, no, Maybe Twa can uh, look to uh, emanate that next season when they go down because it's not looking good for Paddy Kuznobo. No, that's right, unfortunately. That's unfortunate, though, I have to say. That is yeah. very unfortunate. Tell you what, four uh, up, four down is uh, very harsh for a top-flight league. Yeah, it is, but yeah, but it does make it exciting. Mm-hmm. Certainly does. It Certainly make does. It exciting. Laz, I think it's time we start ripping into FIFA. All right, fair enough. Go well, for mine's it. Pretty, mine's pretty minor, so let's go with yours first. Oh, look. It wasn't actually. I wasn't going to rip into it. I was just going to. I was just going to highlight the comments that have been made by Gianni Fatino recently in the last twenty four to forty eight hours. Right. I haven't seen it, so oh, I haven't seen about, raw, about you get a raw reaction here. Okay, about the women's World Cup and that. No, he's, I haven't seen it. Okay, Don't, well, uh, it can't be as bad as the old Seth Blatter comments. No, he's threatened a blackout. He's threatened a World Cup blackout for European nations, and the premise of that is that um that how can i put this fifa would like to actually increase the revenue from broadcast rights with regard to this particularly uh, this year's women's world cup from australia and new zealand right because the uh he's to put it mildly is disappointed 
with regards to the offers from the broadcasters and that the offers for to air the matches in the UK, France, Germany, Italy and Spain are a slap in the face for all great players and all women worldwide. Thoughts, Nathan Gould? Well, I think he's right. The champion, mm-hmm. the broadcast rights for women's football. Mm-hmm. It was a part of his address when he was re-elected. Mm-hmm. He divulged some figures on percentages and mm-hmm. that it is the case that the broadcasters are, are undervaluing mm-hmm. the women's game. Mm-hmm. Compared to market value, yep. Because look, we're not going to come on here and say they should be offering the same amount of money as they would for the men's World Cup in terms of broadcast rights. Yep. I think we can both agree on that that there is going to be some sort of discrepancy. But agree, but it should try. They should try and cover the gap as absolutely perhaps over not within two World Cups, but maybe realistically four World Cups. Absolutely, and sure to not even offer market value and. I forget the numbers that Gianni did mention during his address, but it was yeah. well below par for what the broadcast should be offering. And this all feeds into the debate for the pay for the for the women athletes at the World Cup as well. Correct. And we have a, a chicken and the egg scenario here, partially. But look, the broadcast is going to be making a profit on this World Cup. Oh, what a thought so. Ad rev, for the ad rev they'll sell. Especially... Um, Especially pass on the players. Yeah, especially when you look at those nations that are actually all participating in the World Cup. Especially aside the aside from Wales in the in the UK's uh, case, Wales and Northern Ireland are not participating. Um, Scotland, England are there, right? So you know that's the most substantial proportion of the population in the UK. So there's no reason why the UK broadcasters shouldn't be able to. You know, make a more commercially attractive offer to FIFA for that. Italy, Spain, Germany, and France will all be there anyway. And you know, Spain and Italy are claiming that they're actually you know uh, have got good leagues, good women's leagues, and likewise France for that matter. Right? What's you know what's the situation there? Like, why are you guys not prepared to come to the party? I just don't understand it. Especially if we're, you know, if we're trying to get to a situation where there's equal prize money, potentially, you know, and I would suppose that it would be four World Cups rather than two. I think two is a bit too ambitious in all reality. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. But I think that, uh, you know, at least in some cases, the nations, if if they're able to pay their players the same amount that they are paying men and women for national appearances, well, then, you know, at least that's part of the equation. That's part of the deal. So at least, you know, and there will be more eyes watching this World Cup, even allowing for the difference in time zones. I don't think the time zones are even that big of a deal for the UK. I think it's okay for Europe. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah. the, you know, the Americas, it's a little bit different. But, yeah. you know, um, still, I, I, don't, I don't see it being a problem. No, and the games should be on BBC and ITV in the UK, the free-to-wear broadcasters. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope that they're on the on the free-to-wear rather yeah. than Sky yeah. or BT where you got to pay the ridiculous money for it. And Because this World Cup should be able to be watched by people up and down the country. You shouldn't have to pay an exorbitant amount to watch this. Correct. Especially when the men's game is on free-to-wear as well. Well, that's right. And the interesting thing is, Nathan, that... Um... Unless, sorry, just... No, you're right, of course. Does this not come then back to uh, the UK government and budgeting for the say, You're 100 percent right, and, and because they're talking about, and I would, you know, suggest that it would be the same for 
the other four nations, Italy, Spain, Germany, and France, that it would be the public broadcasters again. So the government channels. So where, you know, how does this reflect on those particular governments with regards to how seriously they, they take women's sport? Likewise, the UK. Now, in Australia's case, it's interesting that, do you know which Fruit Air Network is showing the Women's World Cup? I don't, to be honest. I know Optus is showing all the games. Optus is showing every game live, all games live. And I'll be following Optus's coverage because I like Optus. uh, You know, they're not a sponsor of ours. Hopefully they will one day, but they're not a sponsor, right? (laughs) Shout out to everyone at Optus. (laughs) But um, but, um, Channel 7 have got a 15-game deal. With FIFA, which I find surprising, actually. I would have thought SBS or ABC would actually be stepping into the breach there, but not to be. Well, that's good. It's a mainstream channel. Yes, SBS is the spiritual home of football when it comes to free-to-wear, but Channel 7, it's hard Ooh. to argue they've got more reach. Uh, I won't be watching it. Well, neither will I, I'll, because just purely oh. on the base of the advertisers alone, I'll, I'll be watching an opera sport where there correct. won't be on-screen ads and ad breaks. Correct, but... correct. correct. For those who haven't got up the sport and or can't afford up the sport, especially if you have a, a fleeting interest in the Premier League and you're not going to fork out the money to watch it, then look, I've... Channel 7. It's good to see another broadcasting organisation down in Australia interested in football. No, for sure. Look... But they only do it, though, Nathan, when it's in our time zone. I remember that Channel, oh, Channel 9 did it in the two, with the 2002 World Cup, right? Uh, Channel 9 actually had the broadcast rights... Uh, or in part, uh, I think it was actually part SBS, part uh, Channel 9. Um, and it caused a bit of a stir at the time because it was in our time zone. So Channel 9 thought, you know what? Yeah, we'll just uh, try and uh, muscle our way in. And, you know, yes, of course they can. It's a commercial decision, right? But um, what do you do with the game afterwards? So it's okay when you need, like, it's okay when you need the game or you want it, but every other time, Go flog your AFL. Go flog everything else. Sorry. Show some commitment I mean, to the game. I'd rather Channel 10 actually show it, to be honest, if that was the case. I'd yeah, rather so actually Channel 10 would actually show it and go, you know what? This is part of our deal. We're actually you know, committed to football with Paramount Plus and all that kind of stuff. So let's do a deal with Paramount Plus off the sport and Channel 10. I'd rather that than Channel 7, who just want to come in, fly by night, and see you later. As soon as the World Cup is, the Women's World Cup is over, I'll see you later. Right, because the only other time they give a shit about football is when it's on on when the Olympics are on, and they don't have the Olympics either coming up. So mm, yeah, you know. the thing is, I think look, just we're talking about previous discussion about FIFA and broadcast rights and mm. the amount of money that FIFA's trying to generate. If you're a commercial station, if you're trying to weigh up the difference between how much you would have to pay versus a four a.m. kickoff, I can understand why seven nine don't often go for the World Cups when they're not in our time zone. I can understand It's that better than bloody showing you tele-shopping crap. No, but it's value for money from oh, their perspective. Come on. No. Look, you, no, you can't, no. I'm uh, sick look. of football. I'm sick of football being treated like a, a, a second-rate, you know, distant cousin. It is. It is in the media landscape. It is. And we can't deny that. And we've had this conversation before. Just go back to, um, to the Football Belongs series that we've discussed with you know, with John Didalitza, it's, I'm sorry, right? Okay, it suits your purposes. That's great. And look, there are football people on Channel 7, like Mel McLaughlin, right? I know she'll do a sterling job, right? She's a, you know, she's, yeah, she's a Man U supporter, so 
anyway, look, I know she'll do a great job, but no, sorry. Mel, leave leave seven. (laughs) (laughs) For mine, I don't really, yes, of course, football's not going to get the same spotlight on seven and nine compared to the AFL and the NRL. Of course it's not. No, it only gets a spotlight when referees are bashed, unfortunately, and the bloody wogs are playing the game. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't jump on this as much as everyone else does. Uh, okay. I mean, look, things that are newsworthy, things that aren't newsworthy, we can go back to circa 2014, 15, 16 with the, sure. the active support as well. That look, Some people Correct. have it out for football. Some people don't want to see the market share of the NRL and the AFL diminished. Of course not. But it's up to football to go and make something that is, A, newsworthy, B, something that the commercial networks want to get behind. We've not said anything else. No, we don't need the commercial. Like, okay. Football doesn't need the mainstream media as such. It does. No, there's enough media variations to be able to get football out, right? What you need to do is connect the tiers of football to football people, make it all relevant, right? And actually actually have an integrated approach that actually unites, you know, or actually appeals and unites football people around the country. Talk to me, Les, about football-specific... There's disconnection. There's disconnection. Talk to me, people... Talk to me, Les, about football-specific journalists in this country. They don't don't exist anymore. Yeah, they've they've dwindled down massively. I can think of Vince Regari. Vince Regari. Dominic Bossi at best. Samantha Lewis. Samantha Lewis. Uh, Okay, Adam Peacock, but we've had Adam on, and, I mean, he's doing football stuff for code, right? And thank goodness for that. Who else? There isn't many. There isn't many, um, and they've, well, um, they've been, re- they've Joey been replaced. Joey Lynch? Yeah, Joey Lynch, yeah. Okay. They've been replaced by fans doing things like podcast. this podcast. Yeah, but and also, okay. And YouTube. And, and, you know, I'd like to get, uh, I would like to get Joey Lynch on at some point. I think, I think that'd be great. But also. Fantastic um, guess, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, All those names we just Nick mentioned Deba- would be Nick, fantastic Nick, guess. Nick DeBarno, right, um, has gone to the A-Leagues. Well, you know, there. I mean, Okay. Channel 9, to be fair, I'll give Channel 9 some credit, all right, because they're actually approaching the football the same way as what 10 are with Paramount Plus because they have actually are doing a really good job with the Champions League and European And the, and the A-League would and, be much better off if they went with Stan in the first place. Correct. Uh, look, okay, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to dish, or, oh, sorry, dish, I don't want to diss Paramount Plus or Channel yeah, 10, right? No, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't. Look, hang on. They came right into, there with you. They came into the breach when Foxtel said, you know what, see you later. There was an opportunity for them to, to do it. CBS had just taken over Channel 10, right? Paramount Plus, if they wanted to use football as a vehicle to try and get people to get onto Paramount Plus, the numbers weren't great. How's that working out? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So now this season's problem is the second season of Paramount Plus. Now, right, have they done a better job this season? Yes, they have improved it a little. Can they do better? Yes, I think they can. Pause, rewind. Correct, 100%. The, the been... time lapse when it comes to the replays being okay. available. Thank you. That, that's, where the, 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 that's where the user experience has been an issue, right? And that has been a criticism of Paramount Plus's coverage, and that's really the only criticism if you think about it because the callers are very good, Right. The posts are very good. They're all knowledgeable, right? Um, and what I contend is that Stan have done a similar role. And I mean, and look, getting Max Rushton, right, to actually 
present Champions League, Europa League, Europe and Conference League in Australia. Yes, okay, he's got an Australian wife and that's why it's moved and it's better quality of life and granted. But having Foz, having Bosnich, honestly, and getting Mark Pugac uh, being the correspondent and um, I've forgotten the um, lady that's based in Spain. But she's, you know, they're all people with, you know, amazing credibility and they are fantastic at what they do. So yeah, the way that, that all Stan comes does through it is one. polished. Yeah. The way sorry, that Stan sorry, does it, yeah. no, 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 sorry. The way that Stan does it is polished. <laughs> um, yeah, and that all comes through Max Russian's address book, all the guests. Sure. The likes of um Kugach and yeah. Yeah. And uh the names are company. Yes, yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. that's why this is called up late because names escape <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Lars Sivertson is who I was trying to think of. Yeah, well, uh, yes. It's a, it's, a, yes. it's a great correspondent. Yeah, yeah. And this is all, they all come through Max because they all do other programs away Things from Australia. Are, away Max. from Australia, correct, correct. Yeah. Um, and and that, uh, I've forgotten her name, but she, I mean, she's on the League of TV, you know, for, for Optus, as, uh, you know, that's on Optus as well. I've forgotten her name. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Her name is Gats as well. Well, apologies, but. Yeah. Um, Nikki Bandini for Serie A. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the point is, really, Australian football went with Channel 10 stroke Paramount because they were scared about Channel 9 stand in the NRL. They didn't want to compete. Mm. I say, it's easy to say with hindsight, of course it is, but really, they should have been backing their own game, saying, we've got a sport here that people want to watch that has deep roots in this country, and look, yes, for some people, the NRL is going to take priority, of course it is, but football in this country and the A-League is good enough to stand on its own two feet and be on the same platform as the NRL and Super Rugby and be able to generate enough of an audience. Pair that with the Champions League and it becomes a good platform. It becomes... If Stan had the A-League and the European continental competitions, they would have added more things to the stable by now and we Mm. would have been starting to see a new home for the game taking over from SBS. Yep. Two things on that. Uh, One, I agree with you with regard to not having confidence in our game and our product, it seems to be something that has happened historically throughout our game and our approach to, and basically it governs our approach, the game's approach to mainstream media and how that should, you know, how they would like to place it. I think, although I think we're starting to grow out of that, right? I think we're starting to grow out of that. I think we're starting to just now, It's in, and it's in its infancy, we're starting to realise that, uh, we should have faith in our own game and the ability of administrators. And, you know, we're not going to get everything right, but I think we, there is a bit more faith in the people that are um, involved with the game and the game itself and the things around the game and that, hey, we don't need to rely on mainstream media for uh, effective communication, right? Because And I think also know, there was there's rumours kicking about that the A is going to start in September for the new season. Okay. Yep. Which adds to your point, mm. if they are going to start the season during the finals of mm. AFL and the NRL, mm. maybe it is the case that they are starting to back themselves a little bit more. Yeah. And look... Because uh, it's always been the case that the Alex starts a week or two after the NRL grand final yeah. in, quote-unquote, clear air, the which fact, has never yeah. worked out. Yeah. When has it ever worked out? So that's why they're going to eventually, and that's why there's this discussion around the calendar, Right, and mm. actually, you know, you you know, having a compatible, integrated calendar across football across the country, 
which is necessary, right? So there is that discussion that's being had, and obviously the National Second Division will be a, a huge catalyst for, for that, and likewise how NPL football will integrate with that and all that, right? So that's all going to play out during as we go down the journey. But the other thing is the irony, the second thing I was going to say is the irony about Stan and Nine is that Stan is a better app than Nine. Nine now well, is, nine, nine nine now. Now oh, is yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Right? You want to complain about Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus mm. is, is about the same as Nine now. Mm. Stan is heaps better than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, and the irony is, and rugby is okay on Nine now, you know, in, in the, it's not on the main channel. It's on Nine Go or whatever they call it, or Stan. Mm. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, and the experience with Stan is probably better than what it is with Nine, with Nine now. Anyway, so that's the, you know, I just thought I'd highlight that irony because I, thought, I think I find that hilarious. Yeah, you're right that they can get Stan so right and Nine now so wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It must be so. a different development team, surely. But yeah, yeah. But in any case, Stan is better than both. Mm. 10 play and Paramount. Well, look, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But there's nothing much we can do about that. And no. maybe also that if um, some of the broadcast targets haven't been met, I think that has withheld some of the money that the A-Leagues were expectant. Mm. Maybe that's pushed them in the direction of this grand final decision to yep. come full circle. Mm. So Two things at football, whilst we're talking about football in Australia. One. Graham Arnold's gone off again about um, having to train at Leichhardt Oval. The soccer is having, and it's embarrassing for the Australian national team and the players of the national team who fly all this way back home to go and train at a rugby league field. He's right. And he's right. He's 100% right. So what is it about football that we like and and the relationships that we're supposedly having with government um, that we that we haven't been able to get it right. I think we are going down the track that, I mean, obviously there's a point in case in Melbourne with regards to the home of the Matildas, right? I think there's a point in case that we're not getting it right when it comes to Tasmania. Go on. You, you see, this week, a new stadium has been unveiled, the plans have anyway, uh-huh. for a new, a new ground to be built in Hobart and some more money being spent in Launceston. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny come lately. Yep. Australian football comes along. Yep. What about a football stadium? The A-Leagues have had how many years to do something with the Tasmanian market? Mm-hmm. How many years? It was empty for yep. professional teams all the way up until the Hobart Hurricanes and the BBL. No one cares about the BBL apart from for a couple of weeks. Not only that. It's effectively clear air. Now there's the NBL team, the Hurricanes. Yeah, and, 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 there NBL. Was a, yeah. and there was an NBL team historically in Hobart before as well. Mm-hmm. Right before it folded, and then you had the current edition of the um of the uh of the Tasmanian NBL team. But you're right. So you say maybe we're doing something wrong when it comes to the relationship between football and parliament. Clearly there is because football's had ample opportunity to do something in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And now that something's is happening in Tasmania with the AFL, getting a 19th team and a big shine new stadium, now you want to go and say, oh, don't forget about us. Mm. Be proactive. Yeah, Attack look, markets that are not yeah. overcrowded. Yeah. <clears throat> Sydney, <clears throat> Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason why we, sh- you know, like football shouldn't be in all states. It should be in all states. Well, and territories. Not for that only that. As well. And territories it, for that matter. There should be Canberra team. Should be Wollongong team. Should be a team on the South Line on New Zealand. Mm-hmm. If we're going for a wide ranging 
a massive A League and second division, and if you want to bring in new teams or promote some that yep. are existing, yep. Put a team somewhere up the coast of Queensland. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be Townsville. Put a team. Look, explore Darwin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a small city. Yes, it's a small market. Yes, it probably won't work out. I haven't heard one jot. It's too small of a potential look at a team in Darwin. Look, yes, it's small. Yes, it may okay. not work, but try. The, the only explore two, it. Yeah, and the only two sports that would work in Darwin are uh, AFL, Australian Rules, or and football. Yeah. And, and there's a and but there's a reason why the AFL haven't gone up there. Yeah, it's a small market, mm. and of also the, it's a small and, market, and also the weather. Yeah, and then I suppose that throws into questions about the the calendar being over the summer for the A League. If yeah. you're chucking a Darwin team, then well, Darwin you know, opens. No, but Darwin it doesn't matter because it's always thirty degrees, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just either wet or dry. Right? It's a better or worse in January. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, well, it's wet in January and it's dry in June, yeah. right? So uh, I've played, I've played football in Darwin, and it's, I can tell you it's very taxing, especially if you <laughs> if you've had the um, if you've had a big night out the night before. It's not great. <laughs> well, it's going to be tough no matter where you're playing if you had a big uh, night before, <laughs> especially in, in humidity in September. I can tell you it's not great. Get someone playing Bielsa ball in Darwin. Sorry. Get yeah. somebody playing oh, Bielsa ball in Darwin. Geez, I tell you what, that would be something. That would be something. Hey, they'd be the fittest team in the league. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Marcelo Bielsa coaching the Darwin <laughs> bingos. You know, it would just be, you know. <laughs> so, no, but this but is the yeah. wider point I'm making. Mm. Football doesn't do enough uh, to exploit markets that the mm. other codes haven't looked at. Mm. Mm. Nah, look, the NRL's a, got a we fleeting, this is the the NRL's that, got a fleeting mm. presence in Wollongong mm. with half a team. Yeah. But a lot of the people in, in the... Illawarra area don't really the begrudgingly because yeah. it's, it's not really their team. They're begrudgingly accepting it. Yeah. Mm. Team eleven when the bid was rolling through the Dandenong mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. maybe Hawthorne Territory at a push. It only really gets given to Hawthorne because they're the most easily team. Now there's an NBL team out there, and the chance has gone to be something unique, something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Two more. Um, the irony, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, the irony is that football normally is the one that actually does more and actually reaches out more because which sport had the first national league? Football, yep, fair enough, right? I can count on an argument with the Mariners as well. Well, that's right, but no, but football is the the one that actually Mm. was the first sport in Australia that actually had a national league, yeah, right in the 70s with the Philip Soccer League, Mm. right? Yeah, so you know. So we've actually got it within us, and we, you know, which other sport is talking about a national second division? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so yeah, you know, so don't tell me that football isn't isn't strong. It does, but one is that where is the alignment between? Yes, you are going, to, and we recognise right from a sports business perspective, sports administration perspective, that everybody is charged with looking after their club and acting on behalf of the best interests of the club that they represent, obviously, right? That is your charter. That is your MO. That's what you need to do if you're working for these organisations. However, as from the governance perspective of the game, where is the alignment between? Because ideally, the ideal scenario is that you're getting alignment between all sectors of the game. And that's where this calendar principle is coming from, right? That Football Australia have discussed so many times. 
I didn't know we were going to talk about it this slide, but this is just a really good chat. Right? And that's why yeah, I think this up all yeah. night is going to be, you know, probably the longest ever. <laughs> but this is where you're, you know, we need to get alignment throughout the different sectors of the game and actually, pardon me, make the game relevant and appealing and um, reflective of the actual, of the football community, right? It's just, you know, it just we just have to engage with one another and actually get people to act in the interest of football. If you're part of, if you're involved in football, why not act in the interest of football? That's exactly where it comes from, right? And you know, yes, people get jaded with it. I get it. People have bad experiences with it. I get it. Players become disillusioned with it. We understand that. Engage with those people as well and get them to you know interact with the game in, in some level. Don't lose them. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So many people get lost. Yeah. So and really, a lot of those people who get lost in football, mm. they get picked up by the other sports. Correct. One hundred percent. They don't. They don't just sit in limbo and don't fo- not follow anything. Mm. So you know, it's and we've got the biggest. We've got the biggest thing that can drive engagement this this year, right? I don't know what we're doing with it. I don't. I really don't. I really don't. I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay. Um, what is it that okay? After the event that's happening, sure, use that. Yeah, use the windfall and ha- create the legacy and all that. What are we doing about it now? Because I can tell you, this week that's just gone is the first time that I've actually seen a television ad for the Women's World Cup. Now, not an Optus Sport, and not an Optus Sport. Yeah, and and not an Optus Sport generated TV ad. Mm. We're talking about the, you know the organizing committee or, you know, FIFA themselves or whoever's actually, right, we're talking about a FIFA-branded Women's World Cup television ad. This week is the first time I've seen one. Where are the billboards? Mm. Where are the, you know, the electrical, digital signage? Bus ads. (laughs) Where? Yeah. Anyway. Look, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime event. Yep. Yeah, it is. Well, maybe once in a generation. Or maybe once in every every two generations. Two generations, yeah. 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 Maybe you in know. 30, 40 years we'll host another one, but well, a men's one. Oh yeah, and, but and specifically a women's. And, and, no, and, no, actually, we're not hosting a, women, a men's World Cup anytime soon. Nathan, we should be, and we should we aim. Should be, for, but we're not. We should aim for like six World Cup cycles in all reality, right? <clears throat> also, okay. twenty-four years away. Twenty-four to twenty-eight years away, but and we should be aiming to try and actually finish in the top four of that World Cup. What are we doing? Japan have a hundred-year plan. The fifteen years into it, and we're afraid to actually go. You know what? We're we're not that <laughs> ambitious, which is completely anti-Australian in a way, right? We can't even say, you know what? In twenty eight years, we're going to give this thing a shake. It's off the words out of my mouth, referring to the Japanese hundred year plan. Yep, and we haven't even picked up the pen. Yep, the right one. Yep, and we're not saying that we've got the answers, but actually, talk. No. But let's talk. Let's have the conversation. Let's actually because the more people that have the conversation, the more people are engaged, the better ideas that you're going to get. The, you know, it's it's really comes down to that. So well, I think you know, that's too much infighting in Australian football. I think self, it is club interest. Yeah, self interest. Mm. I'm going to say infighting. Clubs against leagues and organisations. Supporters against clubs. Supporters against leagues. Leagues against supporters. Clubs against supporters. Everybody mm. seems to be getting to the point where we're all sick of each other and amplified by certain moments in this season. Sure, but there doesn't seem to be a real focus on driving support and interest from administrators in this country. Yeah. 
from some yeah. of them anyway. It's a common theme. It and should I've... be the case that mm. you have everyone on side and we're all pulling in the same direction. Mm. Yep. Because football, there is enough here in this country to make it mm. worthwhile, mm. to make it actually a massive event and a massive organisation and a big sport. Mm. But at the moment, and for the last couple of years, probably since 2015, mm-hmm. we've been acting like a second-rate sport. It's a common theme. And, I've, you know, Patrick Skeeners, who we've had on the pod before, is I remember Patrick actually, uh, you know, having a conversation with him and saying, if football could, you know, I haven't been quoting him, but I've had a coffee with Patrick and we've had this conversation. And effectively what we've said is, if football could get its shit together in this country, the other sports would, you know, they they fear it for a reason. It's just that we, as a game, and as people, for whatever reason, the administrators or whatever, can't get their shit together. And you're right that there is a lot of <laughs> infighting and there's a lot of self-interest. And, and the infighting is around self-interest. <laughs> and, yes, it, it's, you know, and there's a lot of shit, yes. But there's yeah, a- there's a lot of shit to get together, Les. <sighs> Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Anyway. I'm, I'm waiting for the good. <laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes maybe good. Don't worry. On the it, pitch, it's good. That's where quote, it's good. To, to quote the famous uh, uh, Gattuso. But. Yeah. Are you trying of, to get another uh, podcast name out of me? No, no, no. No, no, no. So, yeah, sometimes maybe good. Because you got but, it last week. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, uh, just tell me what you think about this, though. Mm. Uh would we consider Postacoglu as a lucky man? Uh, you've got some context lined up for me, but just mm. in general, probably mm. not. Okay, so I, I think I like. I mean, it's an open-ended question. Uh, yes. I think he's earned what he's got in football. Well, talking about Australian football, I agree with him. Michael Beal claims so. Rangers boss Michael Beal mm. claims that um, Postacoglu is a lucky man, and that uh, Celtic's success is down to him being able to spend more than uh, what Rangers can. Is I there mean, an element right. Is there an element of truth in there or is that a crock of shit? There is an element of truth in there. Celtic have a bigger budget in the market than Rangers. Okay, sure, but that's not why Angela is lucky though. No, no. You yeah, absolutely and look Rangers went to a European final last season. They've yeah, done a lot not, of hard not, yards. Not no, under no, Michael no, Bill. Not well, partly. Not under Michael Bill. Bill had nothing to do with it. It was uh, Gian- Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Yeah, and he picked up from Steven Gerrard, and his right-hand man was Michael Beale. Yeah, sure. That's from getting that. Ah, right. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. And Rangers did a lot of the heavy lifting when it came to Scotland getting an automatic spot in Europe, on the Champions sure. League anyway. Right. So it's got and no, Celtic okay. are there to... Look, look, I, I'm trying to give Michael Beale a little bit of credence. Because... No, I don't. He doesn't deserve it. He's an arsehole. Because, tw- <laughs> because that's totally disparaging of... Of uh, Postacoglu and his success, yeah, yeah, and I'm, man, maybe let, I'm biased. Let, let me come on the way. No, maybe I'm biased with regards to Ange, right? But so what? We just disregard 25 years of uh, Ange actually coaching and actually learning his craft oh. and actually, you know, being you know being successful. He's just a fly by nighter, is he? You haven't let me finish my point. What I was Sorry. saying, you've cut me. You've cut me off before <laughs> I get on to Ange. Uh, you know, people people are going to think I'm a Ranger supporter. Well, you are, no. <laughs> <laughs> I might be wearing a blue shirt, but I'm definitely not a Ranger for It's a Sharky shirt. It's a nice one, by the way. <laughs> Doing a Dortmund. Well, that's right. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they did a Dortmund. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Not a Sharky fan either, but it's just a nice shirt. Yes, it um, is. Michael Beal, Rangers, yes. They haven't got a big, as big a budget as Celtic. Yes, they've done a lot of the hard yards in Europe the last couple of seasons, and Celtic are reaping the benefits of it. Is Ange lucky? No, he's not. 
it's going to be five trophies in two seasons for Ange at Celtic, most likely barring a slip up in the cup final and a disaster in the yeah. league. Yeah. It's five trophies in two seasons. It's incredible. Yes, Celtic have underperformed, underperformed a little bit in Europe themselves, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to say Ange has been lucky with where he is, what he's achieved at Celtic and previously. And I think Michael Peel is just getting a little bit jealous of his checkbook. Thank you very much. I think he's just jealous, period. And he's trying to use it to as a way to justify, you know, where what you know, Rangers' shortcomings this season. Yeah, he's all he's trying to appease his a piece of supporters. Of course. And give them something to cling on to because they didn't win the league this year. Correct. But why don't you actually say that, hey, I need more like, you know, I need more support from the board or, you know, we're hoping to, to get more support so we can actually challenge and actually give a better you know, and put up a better fight against Celtic next season because this season, yeah, we're just we're just short. We're not short by much, but we're short. Mm. I would actually say, you know what? Fair enough. But now well, you I just... rate Michael Bill as a manager. Look, obviously, yes. No, all I, jokes I aside, a... yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did good things under Gerard of Rangers, did good things under Gerard of Villa, uh, did good uh, things in the championship. At QPR. Yep. Before and this now he's back at Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And before now now he's back at Rangers and QPR went to shit. Mm-hmm. And when either Villa, Villa went to shit. And mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't for Steven Gerrard this season, we'd be looking at Villa as league champions. Scary, isn't it? Mm. You would where be. Going. You would be. Hey, and if they sneak into seventh spot, yeah. Villa, well, not sneak, but if they finish in seventh, then I'll make them immediate favourites for the Conference League next season. Oh, for sure. Oh, 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 They'll probably go and win it. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. No, but look, to say Ange is lucky in what he's done is rubbish. It is rubbish. Yeah, 100%. And look, I write Michael Bill as a manager, as I say, but he needs to do better in his press conferences as well because they're so deadpan and he offers nothing in terms of a quote. He gave you a lot of credit. I'm calling you out as well. Fair enough. Do more of the media. Fair enough. Because I'll fill, the, I'll fill it out a little bit. Go for that. It. The pre-match press conferences that he does before his games, particularly before the old firm matches, you wouldn't think they're playing Celtic at the weekend. Mm-hmm. You'd think they're just playing a run-of-the-mill team, mid-table, I don't know, Motherwell, and it's just, oh, yeah, we need to try and get three points, yeah, carry our good form, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Deadpan, downbeat, it, cliches, yeah. do better. But Angie's lucky. Anyway, Yeah, you, you wanted to go off on FIFA. Uh, I mean, I was expecting you to go off on FIFA, but in turn, you were actually oh, in FIFA's yeah. corner a little bit. Well, a little bit, but the, yeah. And 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 there's another reason to be in Fever's Corner because they've confirmed this week that the you know the group uh, stage like the group phase of the uh, 2026 World Cup and we're going to have that 104 matches and you know eight games to get to the World Cup final. That's awesome. But don't on. get me started on the groups at the World Cup. Long well, time listeners of the long well, time listeners of the pod. Don't the my tw- thoughts. The twelve groups are four. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Moving on, because I don't want to open that jar. I don't yeah. want to open that box. You want to talk I'll about leave El... that off to the side. You want to talk about El Presidente? Oh, not, oh, yeah. It's not a small really. bone to pick. Okay, small bone. Sure. It's, a, it's about this FIFA under-20 Men's World Cup. In Argentina? In Argentina. Mm-hmm. At the end of the month. Mm-hmm. It's coming up very soon. Not far away. Yep. The best Argentinian players, or some of them anyway, are not being released by their clubs. Why? Because it overlaps with the league season. Okay. So you for, want them, you, you for want them example. To, yep. I was gonna say you want them to example, do you want them to do what they do in Vietnam. 
No, that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> Go on. The opposite, actually. Okay. Because the likes of Garnacho has not been released by Manchester United for the World oh, Cup. Oh, right. Okay, yep. And there's an Argentinian boy at Real Madrid mm-hmm. whose name escapes me right now. He's not being released either mm-hmm. because he's playing for Castilla and yes. they're on the on the verge of winning the league and yep. it's a bit close, so they're not going to let him go and risk throwing that title away. Sure. FIFA, delay the start of the World Cup by two weeks and then you'll get these players. That's all it needs to be. Just a couple of weeks, let the biggest stars at that age level go and play in your biggest tournament at that age level. Particularly when it's in Argentina and there's so much hype in that part of the world surrounding international football given what happened in December. Let the best players play for their national teams. Facilitate it. Delay the start of the World Cup so the European season is over and then there'll be no problem. No problem whatsoever. The best young Argentinian footballers will be able to go and play the under-20 national team and they might. They'll probably go and win it. Instead, it's going to be a who can we scrounge together for this World Cup? Who's available? Who can we get? It shouldn't be that. Get the best players out there. Simple as. Mm. Yeah, I take your point. I take your point. Look, it's a small bone. It is a small bone, but okay. Um, do we? Th- yeah, we'd have to look at the reasoning behind that, though. As far what, and what I mean by that is why. Uh, obviously, we know that the World, the World Cup was moved because of the issues that Indonesia had. Mm-hmm. About securing Israel's safety, right? So, uh, during for the top purposes of the tournament. Um, now, that being said, the tournament's already been moved once, and date-wise as well, because of this issue. So, to move it again now, you know, yeah, maybe FIFA have dropped the ball and, and should have realised that they should have maybe put it back a couple of weeks. But it shouldn't have had to have been moved the second time because they should have put it in the right window in the first place. Yeah, granted, I understand. I understand where you're coming from there. I do, I do. Yeah, no, I understand. Where my... you're... And 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 you and look, you 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 know, there's merit to what you're saying. I, I can't disagree with you there. I think that look, there obviously needs, to, and they're never going to get it right. Not everyone is going to get it right. We understand that, right? But you know, it's a couple of weeks, lads. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. What else took your eye this week? Ah, uh, there wasn't much more actually. We covered off pretty much everything. It's, it's. We're getting to the end of the third Zoom call. We still got to do things like uh, what you're looking forward to. When, uh, uh, we, we're we're coming on to the Cali Derby. Don't you worry about yeah, that. Yeah, I know, I know. But look, <laughs> I, I just before we before I get depressed, just the, with regards to that, <laughs> the um, yeah, I just we mentioned uh, and I, you know, I, I know that we said we won't mention the EPL again, but. Oh. How good were Newcastle United? And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, so, please. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the Cali um, Derby and the disappointment. Oh, I did have one other thing. Okay, go. Just quickly. Yeah, we'll sure. get it inside this Zoom time. <clears throat> it was the sold-out crowd for the Women's Champions League semi-final, Arsenal against Wolfsburg. Yeah. 60K in North at, London. At the Emirates. Mm. Unfortunately, coming up short, as did Chelsea against Barcelona. Yes, so Barcelona uh, and, and Chelsea and um, Wolfsburg in the uh, Champions League final for the women's. Mm, yeah, but mm. great to see everyone get behind women's football in that part of the world, really, because we have an unbelievable WSL title race. 100%. Uh, Chelsea win their games in hand. We've got three teams within two points of each other. Mm. And look, they're, they're good sides now compared to the European counterparts because they're getting deep into the Champions League. And it'd be nice if there was a team from England in the final, but not to be. Mm. 
it's great to see everyone get out for it and get up for it. Yeah, Chelsea have been the or Chelsea were the first team to um, deny Barcelona a victory at the camp at, well at home this year or this mm. season across uh, all competitions. So uh, yeah, well done Chelsea, Emma Hayes. There you go, and Sam Kerr and so on. Cheers, they're a Indeed. good side. Cheers, they're a good side. They are. That women, the Chelsea women's side is a great team. I'm a bit worried about the Arsenal women's team, though. Um, I heard about the uh, there was another ACL um, injury suffered to a player, so that's the fourth one in um, in recent times. So Arsenal uh, women's team are in the wars. Who's going to um, win the WSL? I've got to say my team, don't I? Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say Chelsea. But okay, the Cali derby. All right, let's make this quick. <laughs> no, let's drag this out. <laughs> no. Yes. So, America, the Cali, five, Deportivo Cali, two. In Vietnam, of course, they're not playing still till this, till, uh, two, for another two weekends. Yeah. And we can look forward to our two teams going head to head when they come back. But yeah, hopefully we can get one up on you then. But <laughs> <laughs> this one here was a disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Did you watch it? I saw the highlights. Okay. That's yeah, well, I, I, found, I found some highlights on YouTube. I, I, I wouldn't call them highlights. I'd call them lowlights. But anyway. <laughs> Great goal from Iago Falco, the third. Mm, uh, Cali, yes, uh, yes. Strike from about 25 yards. Yeah. And, look, uh, you, got, you guys got lucky with a pen and a retake. Look, 3-2 at 3-2, you know, I thought, ah, maybe it's, you know, it's okay. But uh, Barrios takes, uh, you know, scores uh, in the 88th and the 90, you know, in the 90th. Well, the six minute of injury time, so to make it five two. So, yeah, look, you know, it was close for a while, but the comeback was on, but then uh, fell away. Certainly did fell away, and uh, you guys are heading back down towards the bottom, aren't you? Uh huh. Well, so you guys are sitting pretty <laughs> in third. We're on, you know, we're ten points behind you. Yeah. But uh, we're in seventeenth. So there you go. So it's you know, hey, get on a good run of form there and back up the table. So you never know. That's it. That's it. And um, my boys are back in action tomorrow morning, actually. Yeah. They're playing uh, Atletico Nacional. Mm-hmm. Tough Indeed. game. Tough yeah. Game. Away yeah. as well. Probably yeah. looking at a one point, hopefully. Yeah. It, um, yeah, hopefully. Well, let's see. Well, funny enough, uh, well, your side is playing at quarter past 11 Sydney time. Mm-hmm. My side is playing at 6.45 tomorrow morning Sydney time. And they're away to Aguares de Cordoba. So they go to Cordoba and visit Aguares. And, uh, but um, actually, I think that's a cup game. It is a cup game. It is a cup game. So um, in the and league. You guys have got a, a 1 0 lead. Yes. In the first league. That's right. So in the league, it's um, play on Sunday, I believe. Or no, no, Tuesday. Tuesday is the next uh, league game. And it's. Um, Against Invigado at home, so yes, yeah. So that'll um, we play Aguadas again actually in the league next Saturday. So that's where I uh, mm. got confused for a second. But yes, uh, cup game. double header, mm. triple header, really. Mm. So, so anyway, you guys what fourth off bottom at the moment? Yeah, seventeen. So there you go. But mm. um, I think um, I don't know what you think, Nathan. And I think we should actually follow the uh, pick a side in the J League and the K League. Oh, okay. All right. Well. You know. Do you want to do that right now? Yeah, why not? Let's go. Let's do this. 
whilst we're recording. And uh, you know, you know, listeners just you know speak amongst yourselves for a little bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll put um, some uh, elevator you know, music here in the background. You know what? I'm going to go with <laughs> that's right. No, but I'll go with. Uh, do you want? Do you want to pick a coin? Like you know, what do you want to flip a coin? I'm or going, like who's going to go Korea first? Or I was going to go J League. All right, let's first. go J League first. Let's go J J League. Right, and you can see the J League and the K League on Optus. Not that they're sponsors yet, but you know, hey, Optus, <laughs> feel free. Um, <laughs> J League and K League. So let's go to J League first. And who, you know what? Who would you like? Who would I like? Huh? Mm. Well, we yeah. are ten or eleven games into the season. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, I'm not going to just sit here and pick uh, Vizelkobe, Yokohama, or Nagoya Grampus, the three teams top of the league. Okay. Dang. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, I, I you, pick two, you pick two bungers in, no. at the, before okay. the season started, and they've turned out to be duds. No. Look, I, now, I thought... now you want to pick a team from a league that's already started no. and uh, no. get the inside track. No. Uh, I was going to say that y- Yokohama Marinos, um, because of the... Uh, you know, Ange Postacoglu being a uh, former manager there, and obviously uh, strange connection there still with Kevin Musket um, being the manager of the uh, Marinos. But I've always had a soft spot for Nagoya Grampus because of Gary Lineker. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. But yeah, there you go. But so you're no, going to go ha- for Nagoya. But I'm happy to go with any with anything else. No, no, mm. you know what? I, I will pick another side. You're picking? Nah, go with the team you got a softball. I'll go. Softball, no, I'll, I'll tell you what. Surely, no, 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 no. no, no, no I'm going to. No, no, I'm no, going to surprise you here. Oh, go on. I'm going to go. I got a team. Oh, I got a team in mind, so don't pick them. Sorry, <laughs> I got a team in mind, so don't pick them. <laughs> I, I, I bet you got a rule Reds. <laughs> no, actually, oh, no. Uh, okay, well, I'm going a rule Reds. All right, you can have them. Great, Strong you can time. have them. Yep. There you go. There you go. I'll go for uh, Kawasaki Frontale. Ah, yes. Oh, so they're good. See, I almost thought about Tokyo FC there for a second, but yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'll, right. go, I'll go Tokyo FC. Ninth and 10th. Yeah, yeah. So there so, we go. You've gone from the Goya Grampus to Uruwa. Yeah. And now you've gone for FC Tokyo. You know why? You can't have three teams, Laz. No, no. I'm going for Tokyo FC. <laughs> I'll go for Tokyo FC. So I'll why follow. them now? Why then? Hey, you know. Hey, Tokyo FC. You know. I like the sound of it. There you go. <laughs> Are you settled or do you want to change again? No, no, no. I'm going. You're good now. I'm good. Yep. yep. No uh, Shimizu S Pulse for. Mm, uh... Definitely not. <laughs> kind of named as S Pulse, honestly. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, geez, there's some great names there. I mean, look, I mean, you've got company oh, names like, you know, um, uh, Kawasaki, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Raisol, you know, anyhow. I mean, it'd be and, nice to say yeah. Yokohama. For two the Australian Yoko- links. Yeah, you got two Yokohama but, teams. But look, I, you, I can't pick it because of the city links. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand that. Yeah. Hold my hands up. Well, I'd like to, but. Mm. You got two Osaka teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's, look, it's a great league. It really is. When you watch it on Optus Sport, it's um, pretty entertaining. But um, yeah, let's go with Tokyo. Always wanted to go to Tokyo. One day I'll get there. So that's why yeah. I'm going with Tokyo FC. Beauty. Shall we jump across? Let's go uh, to, across the, the peninsula. The, the short pond. Yes, the Korean peninsula and go to Korea. Now, I've got a team in mind here, but I'll uh, let you go first again. Oh, all right. 
So I've got a one in twelve of picking the team that you sort of set aside for yourself, huh? Uh, you know, hey. Are, are you okay. going to stick with this team, or are you going to change a couple of times? Hey, listen, just behave yourself, all right? <laughs> go. Um, your, 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 your turn. I'll go for the Steelers of Poway. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's not the team you had picked out, was it? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to go for Seoul FC. Oh, so you've gone for FC Seoul and FC Tokyo. There you go. <laughs> Can't get confused that way. You should have gone for a for a team from uh, Hanoi and Bogota then. <laughs> That's right. I should have. <laughs> uh, I should have. But there you go. So be there. We have from the capitals. There you go. All right. So now that we've decided that, what are we looking for? Like, uh, so what are we looking for this weekend? So in Korea, we're going to go. Uh, Seoul are playing John Book Motors. Alrighty. And Jeju United are playing Pohang Steelers at home. So there you go. Mm. I think right. Jeju United. That was the team that uh, Alexander Yovanovich played for. I believe so. Yes, I believe so. Mm. I believe so. So, who, who plays for Pohang Steelers? You want fun? Alexander Grant. Ah, oh, there you go. Okay. There we go. There's an Aussie yeah. link. There you go. And Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, it should be on Optus actually. Constadoli Sapporo against Tokyo. Oh, you know, Tokyo away. And uh, where are you? Because Kawasaki Frontale. We're at home to Sagantosu. Yes, four o'clock on Sunday. That's probably going to be on Optus as well, I reckon. But anyway. That's good. Yeah. Baz. So we've got yeah. a, a Vietnamese team, a Korean team, and a, and a Japanese team. And a Colombian team. And, and a Colombian team. But supporting football in our confederation, lads. That's it. Why not? Well, there we go. We picked off uh, two more teams from, uh, well, not necessarily obscure leagues, but, yeah, just, I mean, you know, just have a bit of fun. Bit of fun and vested interest in it. If we, if we pick up another one, it's got to be a West Asian team. Yes, there you of go. some description. Well, you know, Al Nasser. <laughs> but, uh... Us. <laughs> Why did I know Not our halal either. Why, why did I know you are going to say that? Um, <laughs> now, what are you looking forward to? I know what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the first week of the uh, finals in the A-League okay. this weekend. Yes, same. We, we talked a lot about Sydney Derby on Saturday night, but we did. I'm also very much looking forward to Adelaide Wellington. Which should be Friday. an interesting game. Very much looking forward to it. Mm. And a bit of, su- of a surprise that Adelaide got uh, tonked last week. Yeah. Yeah, that's Well true. beaten. Well beaten. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they got the loss out of their system. Sometimes uh, that's the way it goes, and that, that's, that's the I'm cliche thinking. that gets yeah. thrown out. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, that they did. They needed that, and now... <clears throat> I don't think Adelaide to... can defend that well. I think too many times that defence has been exposed. Let's just wait and see. Let's just wait and see. I actually think Wellington might go through. Ooh, really? I still mm. think... I've got a feeling that Adelaide are going to get up. So, yeah. Well, I like Adelaide for mine. They've been the team that... I've enjoyed watching the most this season. There's a lot of good stories with Craig Goodwin yeah, and Gunda, but yeah. I don't know. Wellington look good. I like watching Wellington this season too. Like mm. Zavada's been a great signing, mm. and they're they're a good side, Wellington. And I'm glad they ended up making it into the six. So they deserved it by and large. Yeah, I think they pull off an upset. Agree, but I agree with you in regard to Wellington. I don't know if they'll pull off pull off the upset. I think Adelaide will win, and I think Western Sydney Wanderers will win. Yeah, I'll put the Wanderers through. Yeah, 
I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm also. Oh, yeah, go sorry. on. Sorry. No, I was going to say. I'm looking. Although we'll know the result by the time the pod comes out, but I'm looking forward to seeing Brighton versus Manchester United tomorrow morning. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm saying that. I mean, so... I wasn't confident last week, and when we recorded in the morning, it was Tottenham against Manchester United. Mm. And I was. Uh, I said last week I'd be happy with a point. And, and I got my point. <laughs> well, <laughs> you would rather be in Liverpool's position than, you know, and get all three rather against Spurs than get the one. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, top four is ours to lose at this point. It is. It is. And look, and if Brighton win, it makes it uh, very interesting. Yeah. Look, I'll take a point tomorrow morning away to Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. Their favourites going into the game. I think bookies. they are. Are they really? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't okay. have thought so. Ima- no. Imagine saying that about two years ago. Oh, my Lord, no. Yeah. You, yeah. They've been a great side to watch. Unbelievable. Do not... Six past yeah. Wolves. Yeah. And resting Matoma and Caicedo and McAllister and whoever else. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Zerby's up there for manager of the season. Agree. Agree. It's a hot well, field. Well, they'll tell you what. Yeah. Look, anyhow. It's a hot field. I think Eddie Howe's a reasonable shout too. For mine, it's a couple they, of weeks still to go. Yeah, if they finish uh, third, if they finish third, I think Eddie yeah. Howe's got a shot, a shout. I think you could throw Unai Emery in there. Yes, I would be uh, flying the flag for Gary O'Neill though. I think that's a very good call, Nathan. I, I do. They were gone, Bournemouth. They, they were gone. They were gone for all money. Yep, they were down. They were down. They'll finish above Chelsea now. It isn't saying much about Chelsea, is it? So I mean, I'm not even really, I'm not even joking with that. They will finish above Chelsea. Well, Palace will finish above Chelsea. Yeah, Wolves will. Mm, possibly. I don't see Chelsea getting another point. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I thought I would have backed you if they said uh, that they won't get another win. I'll definitely back you on that. No, I don't think they'll get another but point. I reckon they can jag a draw somewhere. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Talk about Chelsea and their six hundred million pounds and jagging points. Pure idea. To uh, get to forty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to Napoli sealing the Scudetto overnight. Ah, uh, well. at long last. It should have happened last weekend. It's, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, it'll happen. It'll happen tomorrow morning. Um, so when this pod goes out, Napoli will be your Scudetto Serie A winners. Imagine they lose. Champions. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. But it's it's unlikely. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so um, what else do you, are you looking forward to? Uh, Catalan derby this weekend. Yes. Espanol against Barcelona. Yes. I'm going to have to speak You'll to Jay, our friend yep. Jason Calland. You'd be hoping for a little favour. Yeah, I would be, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think it's uh, going to be that impactful either if Espanol do win. I think they only need one more win, don't they, Barcelona, to win the league? I believe so, yeah. Yep. Uh, can... I'm also looking forward to... Uh, in France, Marseille against Lyon, second versus third. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. But Look, I, I'm I working like... my way to the uh, the football league. Yeah, I like it's Marseille. The last round of the Championship League One and yes. League Two. Yeah, I like Marseille. I like Marseille. Mm-hmm. I think they've always been a great club. I, are you going to pick them for your French team? Are you? <laughs> well, yes, and there's a couple of reasons. I've I've always had them as my French team, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, and that goes back to the '90s, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they also won the champ, the uh, Champions League or the Champions Cup, as it was back then, um, with um, Jean-Pierre Papin as a striker, and 
Oh, man, Chris Waddle and oh, just that side of that era was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I've always liked Leon in France. Mm. Well, Juninho? Oh, no, no, no. Um, who was a Brazilian player? They used to take the dead balls there. Amazing free kick experiment. It wasn't Juninho. Before my time. Or was it? I don't have to. It's a blank there. Hang on. I'm going to have to look at it, you know. But, um, yeah, uh, there was an – so when the Champions League first came – not first came into existence, but, yeah, I mean, it was in the um, 2000s, I want to say, that um, there was this um, – yeah, that's it, Juninho Pernambucano. He was one of the best dead ball um, executors that you could ever see, really. It, it's just – if you could get on YouTube and actually see him taking ridiculous free kicks – Honestly, he played for Middlesbrough. I want to say, no, not well. that Juninho. No, oh, different no, Juninho. He was a different Juninho. So um, he, um, that's why I got confused for a second. I'm going Juninho. Mm. Yeah. So he um, played for Lyon, Olympic Lyon. Um, yeah, that's right. I was going to, yeah, early two thousands. There you go. So between two thousand, yeah, before my time. Yeah, there you go. Between two thousand one to two thousand and nine. So yeah, I was just okay. I was just starting to get into football around uh, like properly okay. watch it around like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Get get onto YouTube, right, mm. and just put in Juninho Leon, and you will see some of the best dead ball execution that you'll ever see. <laughs> just incredible, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely incredible. And maybe we'll see one this weekend from a, a Marseille player. That's mm, a take on Lons. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. But. Um, yeah, no. Ah, well, last round of the championship, like you said. Mm-hmm. And Huddersfield well, play against uh, Sheffield United in the morning. Mm. Uh, I hope Huddersfield lose that one <laughs> because then we get a proper relegation playoff as they take on Reading on the final day. Oh, yes, that's like, right. That is a proper playoff, winner takes all. That is, yeah. Mm. I mean, look, Sheffield United have already um, uh, got promotion. So, yeah. Um, it's all to play for for Huddersfield, and look, they were they were gone as well before Warnock took took oh, that. Yeah, Jeez, yep, he, they were finished. Doesn't hasn't he given uh, some great halftime blasts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually been thinking of it a little bit this week. Have you? It, it, it came. It, it's popped into my brain like the quote, the little bit of that video where he says, "You got to fucking die to get three points." YouTube. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Yep. Oh dear. Where he's just sitting having a cup of tea in the shower and then just uh oh yeah, in the in one part of the dressing room. It looks like the old showers and then you know, there's two thousand fans that have traveled halfway down the country and all that. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah he's he's got away with words now, Warnock. He sure does. But no, we're um, for it. Mm, mm, but um It looks yeah. like the Premier League's having a little bit of a well, English football's having a little bit of a uh shithouse resurgence. In what way? With uh, Big Sam coming back into the Premier League. Oh, I mean, that was just shit. shit ha- His press conference was shit housery. But anyway. <laughs> it was just, it was, that was just shit house. <laughs> no, no, no shit housery. <laughs> I'm, glad he, I'm glad he's got a um, such a high opinion of himself. Yep. Um, well, he, he always used to say if his name was Aladici, he'd be managing Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, maybe put a chip on the other shoulder as well. But um, um, I am looking forward to Arsenal or Newcastle Arsenal. 
So Arsenal will uh, be visiting St. James. Bit of a dead rubber, isn't it? <sighs> for Arsenal, maybe. Not for Newcastle. I mean, third versus fourth, does it really make a difference to you? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. I want to, I want to finish ahead of Manchester United. <laughs> for a little bit of a one-up on here. You know, well, not necessarily, <laughs> but, but you know, it'd be nice to finish ahead of. Yeah, of course, you know, of you know. course. So you know, you want to finish as high as possible, of course. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, yeah. So that's what uh, I'm kind of looking forward to. I've got a little bit of a debate question for you, Liz. This episode has gone on for a little oh, bit. God, yeah, I know. It's, uh, hit, it's hit, up all night. Hit us with it. This has been up all night. If this Everton the, go down... I was going to say, this is the longest up all night, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this probably might, may have to be in two parts. Um, we'll see how we go. But, mm. Laz, mm-hmm. if Everton go down, if they mm. are the biggest club to get relegated Ooh. from the yeah. Premier League. No no question. Come Ooh. on. Oh, nibble. Hey. Nibble. No question. Um, Your boys. No, no. Look, we are a big club, but look, the thing is that, okay... I would even contend that perhaps Aston Villa have probably been the biggest club to go down. And that's because they're, they, well, or Nottingham Forest, if you're using that basis, because they're both European Champions Cup winners or Champions League winners, right? You can't be a big club without a European Cup, Lars. You can't be a big club without a European Cup. No, that's true. But so Newcastle United qualifies for that. But um, uh, by European Cup, I mean the European Cup. Well, okay. No, I mean a European Cup. It doesn't necessarily no. need to be the European <laughs> Cup, right? That's where the grades of the uh, you know the the grades change a little. But um, yeah, look, I geez, that's a very good question. But the thing is, and the other thing that you can do is look at it this way: there are only three teams that have won the league more than Everton. Yeah, and I want to say that it's probably the first time should Everton go down. It would be the first time in around about seventy or seventy-one years. So yeah, it's the early fifties. You know, they got relegated last. So I think it's them and Arsenal that have been in the top flight the longest. Yeah, I, I think. Be- yeah, I, I believe it is I'm, Arsenal. Yeah, now. Yeah. Well, provided having to go down, but hopefully they don't. Um, but yes, you can't so, be a big club without the European Cup. You can't be a big club if you're the only team from your city. Uh, why? Listen, I don't care about Manchester City, right? I don't care. <laughs> now, if you want to have a crack at them, go for it. Help yourself. You know, feel free. You've got all this platform to go and have a crack at them. Hey, I'll have. Hey, you can take that as a crack at whoever you wanted to uh, have it be having a crack at. Mm, no, well, look, one you had a slight dig at Newcastle United <laughs> again, but, but that's okay. <laughs> and um, Sunderland and Leeds. Well, Sunderland, uh, who Sunderland's right, but. Um, <laughs> the you know, so I get that right. Uh, now, as far as you know, team like as far as the biggest club, yeah, look, I think that, um, yeah, man, if Everton do go down, that is huge because the fact is that Mashiri has, uh, has spent in excess of half a billion pounds on that side on just transfers alone. Forget how much it was to buy into the club and actually get the club, but in transfers. They've spent in excess of half a billion pounds for what? Relegation. So Ancelotti, do you know what? Two years ago, just a mere two seasons ago, or maybe 18 months ago, hang on, no, two seasons ago, uh, Ancelotti was manager of 
Everton. That season, earlier on in the season, Everton were fourth. They were top of the league at one point, I think. Uh, perhaps, yeah. But uh, let's just say that they were fourth. Like, you know, they were as high as fourth. Maybe they were on top of the league. We'd have to have a look. But I remember them being fourth. Mm. And they and didn't then... finish that far down when Ancelotti left either. No, he went to Real Madrid. Top half, right? Yeah. They finished top yeah. half. Real Madrid ruined football. Oh, stop, will you? <laughs> stop. Real Madrid real football hardly. I've got I've got here with my fishing line out. Like those those now you're going <laughs> to ask me who's the bigger club, Manchester United or Real Madrid? There, of that, there's no doubt who's the bigger club. Ah, uh, okay. I'd love to argue. I'd love I'd love to have this debate, but yeah, it is Real Madrid. Yeah, thank you. And that's the end of it, right? <laughs> so, but not they're only there because of their biases. Oh, stop! Will you go, <laughs> mate? Go speak to your mate, Joe. Uh, you know. Uh, Laporta and, and see, you know, have, have what he's smoking. You know, he wants to play in the Asian Champions League, please. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm have gonna we hit st- the back peg, Les? I think we have. I was gonna say Barcelona brings it upon themselves now. That that's the you know, you know that's just ridiculous. It really oh, is, yeah. you know. But you know, Messi's gonna go back. <laughs> know, seriously. <laughs> anyway, excuse the French. Yep, I mean, not by level France. Messi does. Uh, well, probably poorly, but anyway. <laughs> I love it. Messi goes to PSG for two seasons, treats it like a training camp to be ready for the World Cup, and then he's off. Yeah. But really, <laughs> he should go to into Miami. He needs he to go. He needs to go to America. He needs to go. Don't go back to Barcelona. You know. It's romantic. Usually I'm for the romantic stories in football, but he's not the player he was, for one. Well, and he'll be treated hard, like you know. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. And he'll be treated as, pardon the pun, the messiah to take Barcelona to another European final. And well, Barcelona, be, yeah. Barcelona are a failure in Europe anyway, under under Xavi. And I don't see that changing. So, you know what? Go to the Asian Champions League. Go play Arjolel <laughs> and get knocked out. <laughs> see you later, Barcelona. And for your Barcelona supporters, uh, anyway, less said the better. I could use a wrestling parlance, but I won't. There's been enough c- 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 swearing and cussing in this episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I've angered a lot of uh, people watching or listening to this. I should, I should think, um, Arsenal supporters, City supporters, Newcastle United supporters, Leeds mm. United supporters. Mm. Call them all small clubs. Oh, stop! Will you? Right? <laughs> how, how dare you call the Newcastle United a small club? You can't be a big club if you haven't got a European Cup. And we if you're do, the only team from we, that town. No, we do have a European Cup. The Interfest Cup doesn't count. It does count. It's in the UEFA <laughs> records. And, right, and Newcastle is not the only team from that city. Oh, but, yeah, go down to what, the the seventh tier and find Newcastle town. No, no, Gateshead. But um, <laughs> in the National League North. But that's besides <laughs> the point, right? Or the National League. Right? <laughs> that's, that, that is the point, right? But the fact is... Sunderland isn't that far away either, but who is Sunderland? Anyway, <laughs> on that note, we've hit the backpack, I think. Yes, yes. I think we're finished. I think it's Friday oh. morning, Nathan, and I think we need to yes. go. <laughs> because in, <laughs> in, in five hours, it'll be uh, Brighton versus Manchester United. And I actually would like to get up and see that if I can. Hmm. And then we'll right now. <laughs> yeah. Shall we just make another call and start going again? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, all right, Les. I, I think we ought to call it a night. 
Uh, Nathan, absolute pleasure as always, my friend. Likewise. Likewise, Laz. Wonderful uh, talking to you. And Thank you to all the backpackers. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you to all the backpackers there. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Share, like, subscribe. Give us a rating. DM us. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. I'm expecting hate mail from the Cove, Bus, the Blaugrana supporters, uh, Chelsea supporters, um, Manchester United supporters, aside from Nathan. Yep. Who, who else have we dished? Uh, or who, sorry, dished. Who else have we dished tonight? Uh, well, I just about off a whole bunch of teams. Who else did I get into? Um, Leeds. It's been, it's been enjoyable. You got into Leeds, I didn't. Um, <laughs> not that it was much. on yourself with that one. No, got, we uh, are no. intertwined here, lads. If any hate <laughs> comes my way, it's coming your way as well. Hey, hey listen. <laughs> hey, lead supporters, bring it on. Right. Um, or Marching Aldous, on together. Give me a break. Or Aldous supporters, bring it on. Um, <laughs> you know, who else did we get into? Ah, anyway, it's been fun. But not that we get, you know, look, we're trying to be, you know, we're trying to be constructive as possible, though. Yeah, constructive and entertaining. That's right. I think that's right. Try and, 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 and find a balance. And, and thought-provoking, not just for the sake of thought-provoking, but let us know your thoughts on what we said about Australian football and, yeah, you know, and, and what we um, discussed about. Because I think that there are important discussions about around that. Absolutely. Expecting mm. some uh, messages from, say, maybe Channel 7 or Channel 9 as well. Yes, Maybe. And Channel 10. Yep. Jeez, it's been a big episode. <laughs> it has. We covered off so many things last. I don't know how long this is going to come out in the wash, but... But it's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, we've been on here recording for two and a half hours. Jeez, yeah. I think this is the longest recording we've done. Yep. But yeah, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. And without a guest. And look, we love yeah. our guests. And hopefully we'll have one for, you know, for the backpackers next week. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers We're crossed, working on some crossed. things. We're... And Yeah. We'll be going, uh, yeah, we're also floating the idea of uh, the Women's World Cup and preview series. And, and if, you know, we're thinking about doing that and if anyone's got a name or a suggested name for a show for the previews, please let us know. Um, you know, if we don't want to go with Destination Sydney because we are already in Sydney. but And hey. Destination New South Wales is uh, getting a bit too close to that. And yes, after everything in the early, I don't want to go anywhere near that. You know, hey, yeah, sparkling <laughs> Sydney, meh, yeah. something. Just give yeah. us, just give us something, guys. Mm. <laughs> but anyway. one thing I'm looking forward to, last coming up, is uh, I'm going to check out the new Matilda series. Yes, yeah, I've been mm. meaning to catch that. I haven't had a chance yet, as yet, but I've heard some really good um, reviews about it so far. There's a bit, isn't there a bit of a curse going around with a film crew that uh, it doesn't go all too well? If you if you're doing a little bit of a documentary for a streaming platform, mm, don't say that because you know who's uh, which club is next for all the laughing on uh, Amazon. I haven't seen Newcastle United. They're actually doing what? this season. This season? Mm. Oh, I mean that'd be that'd be a great series, really. Yeah, Newcastle. So currently, the they're currently doing the like say for this current season that we're in, it's Newcastle United. I hadn't seen. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. great season for TV. Yeah, hope so. Hope so. Should be good. I mean, I mean, if it's a bit of a lackluster season, that's all on Amazon, not Newcastle, because there's no, so much content right. from yeah. this season for them. Yeah, that's right. So, but just thinking about the the game against City, the three all draw, and everything surrounding that, and correct. I wonder how much they'll they'll touch on the ownership. Not much, I presume. Oh, look, it'll be a theme, but yeah, let's see. Let's see how it pans out. Looking forward to watching that, though. That's for sure. Very cool. much so. Thanks again, Nathan. 
Thanks, Thanks Les. Take care, all. Speak soon.